It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on January 4th, 2021, as we have a very special guest with us. Uh, I'm going to say it's in studio, but that's that's a lie. But you guys, that, that's on a need to know basis. But we have the pride of St. Saint Croix Saint Falls, Wisconsin, Reagan Hooverman on the show. Reagan, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. I'm excited to be here. It's nice to be back in the mic talking a little sports. And uh, yeah, if only it was in studio, wouldn't that be awesome if we had our own studio? But maybe in the future, um, I'm excited <laughs> to talk some sports and recaps and, and some of the massive blunders that I had in my preseason predictions. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll get to all of that. And there are some... I was going to I was going to rag on you a lot for a certain pick that you know was bad, but I found yeah. out I also had a pick that was that bad, but we'll obviously we'll we'll get to that uh, as well, but yeah, I mean, it's always good to be on the mic with uh, the Hound Dog. Absolutely, that's right. It's I mean, let's oh man, this I think this might be a bloodbath when we go back through our predictions, but maybe it's not as I rem- maybe it's not going to be as bad as I think it is. Oh, there's there are some nondescript divisions, but there there are some pretty bad ones. Oh uh, man. Obviously, you know, we got to start with the NFC North because that's our division, you know, and this yes, one, yeah. this one might be a little bit longer because I might have a brain aneurysm as I discuss the, the current state of the purple and gold. Um, so I, I don't, I don't exactly know the best way to, to go through this. I suppose uh, we'll, we'll start here with uh, how it finished. And then uh, I'll talk about um, our, our preseason picks. And then I, I suppose we can get deeper into it. So uh, obviously, we had the Green Bay Packers winning the division here at 13 and three. Uh, the Bears finish at eight and eight, and in the seven spot in the playoffs, the Vikings a very disappointing nine and or excuse me seven and nine. I wish it was nine and seven. Uh, and the Detroit Lions uh, at the rear there going five and eleven. Reagan, we were a little bit too low on the Packers. I had them going ten and six. You had them going eleven and five. Why were they so good this year? I, I think. You know, the biggest thing is for me, it's it's the resurgence of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you take a look at his numbers last year. They were, I believe, PFF, and you know, people debate on how PFF ranks things, but it's it's a pretty valid stat in my opinion. PFF had him as like the 15th best quarterback last year, and he was kind of in that decline, and it looked like he was getting older, and he might not be the player he once was. And this year, you know, he's basically reinvented himself, and. You know, in, in addition to him changing things physically, because I know on the Pat McAfee show, he talks a lot about the tra- he changes training and his, his, his mindset. And he kind of went through a personal like rebirth, essentially, and, and changed how he looked at things and football and life. But also, I think his second year in the LaFleur system, I think last year, you know, he spent whatever since what, 2004, 2005, he spent with McCarthy up until last year and then trying to learn an entirely new offense, which it's still a West coast style. It's, it's, it's heavily on the pass and stuff, but it's a little bit more balanced than what McCarthy was doing. I, I, I think his second year in the system, it's he, he, he knows it better. He doesn't have to look at the play sheet every time or the thing on his, his, his arm to, to know the plays. He's more comfortable, 
more comfortable in the pocket. I think he's moving around and they've kind of cut off the fat on the playbook. Like there's not many wasted plays like last year. I know there was a lot of wasted plays where it was screen, 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 and, and, and nothing worked. I, I just feel like they've, in, in addition to what he's done physically and I guess mentally with himself, in addition to being more comfortable in the LaFleur system, it, it's, it's culminated in what looks like an, an MVP campaign. Yeah, so you're you're obviously the Packers insider. I'm a very casual Packers observer. Um, how, how much how much of this change do you think is directly attributable to the Packers uh, drafting Jordan Love and kind of being like, well, you gotta you gotta shit or get off the pot here because we're we're thinking about the future. I think, you know, everybody. I, I mean, even me, going back to the draft was like, you know, we would have loved to see a wide receiver draft in the first round, but things have kind of changed and, and, and the team, I, I look at it completely differently than I did before the season started. I guess, obviously some things are going to change when you draft a first round quarterback. Like there's no doubt about that. It, if Aaron says, you know, eh, I don't think anything of it, I, he's lying. And he hasn't said that he's been pretty upfront. He's like, yeah, it kind of bothered me. And you know, if, if we're going on a percentage basis, how much of that is, is directly correlated to the 13 and three record and him likely winning an MVP this year. I'd say maybe 10 to 15%. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, but I, I, I don't see it completely causing everything that has changed with, with what he's done in the off season and, and how he feels with Matt LaFleur. So I, I, I think it changed things, but I don't think it's as dramatic as some people make it out to be. Okay. That's, that's fair. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, we've we've known this for a long time with Aaron Rodgers. He gets the most out of his players, and I'd I'd be a little concerned with with some of the the players you have on on the offense. But it's just it's crazy. I mean, Robert Tanyan has eleven touchdowns. I mean, MVS. I mean, he's not really handicapping your team. He's good for a long touchdown like every other game. Uh, I did not like the selection of AJ Dillon, but what was that that uh, game against the Titans where you know it looks like yeah. you have a real legit? I, I still wouldn't take a running back that high when he's your third string running back, but it looks like it was a good selection, and you just yeah, and it, you just go wow. I mean, they're, they're really getting the most out of these weapons. The I think one of the mo- one of the things that flies under the radar most about this Packers team is the depth. I mean, they have guys that can come in at any position on the offensive line. Perfect example now is Bakhtiari going down with the, what looks to be, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but they're assuming torn ACL, um, which happened in practice a couple of days ago. And it's like, you know, if that, if that happens, he's, he's either the first or, or second best tackle in the, in the game. I mean, he's, there, there's no doubt about it. He's the highest paid left tackle in the game. He's fantastic. He's been awesome. And he's, he's essentially been the cornerstone of that offensive line. When he goes down, any other team, pretty much, it's going to shipwreck the entire offensive line because you're going to have to shift everyone. But the Packers, it's like, all right, whatever. We'll sh- we'll kick Billy Turner out to left tackle. You know, Elton Jenkins, we'll, he'll stay at left guard, but he can play anywhere. You know, the entire offensive line has been fantastic backup. I know uh, Wagner had some snaps. Like, there's, there's so much depth along the offensive line that losing a guy like Bakhtiari, as much as it sucks, it's – it's they can overcome it. And I feel like a lot of teams couldn't. In addition to that, you got three running backs that are, I don't want to say starting caliber, but like if we didn't have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams would be just fine. He's not going to be Aaron Jones, but he's a pretty good back. If we didn't have Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, you know, 
you got AJ Dillon to come in and he, I'm not saying he's, you know, super fantastic either, but there's so much depth that if something happens, it's next man up mentality at wide receiver, obviously they're going to be a little more thin, but I mean, MVS hasn't been getting that many snaps because obviously Devante is number one and, and essentially number two and number three, he's the entire offense, but it's like Alan Lazard has been good. MVS has been okay. Like Aquanimia St. Brown has been serviceable. Like there's, there's depth along the entire offense. And I think that's a big reason for it as well. And I'm, I've, I've uh, you know, I was watching the, uh, the bears game and I've, again, I've only seen a handful of games. So maybe, you know, the, the small serving size I've watched is, is maybe, you know, not exactly uh, consistent with uh, the entire year, but I've, I've been impressed. I mean, they just take nobodies. And I specifically look at the linebacking group, like, and I, I get Rashawn Gary. I mean, I guess he's an edge. But like Chris Barnes, you find this guy on a fucking scrap heap. Scrap heap. Yep. Christian Kirksey was thrown off from from the Browns. I mean, yep. some of these linebackers that they have out there playing. I mean, they're just they're elevating them. Uh, Kamal Martin. Uh, Kamal Martin. I, I thought yep. he played a good a good game uh, uh, yesterday. So I've I've been impressed with that as well. I think I think in hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, you know you 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 talk about. I mean, drafting Jordan Love with a first round pick. I mean. As a Vikings fan, thank God they didn't take uh, T. Higgins or Chase Claypool because I could not imagine how – I mean, that that offense would rival that of, of Kansas City's if they added a wide receiver like that to complement with, with what you have. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a super explosive offense, I believe. I was looking at uh, the ESPN stats and info, and I think the Packers have only scored less than 30 points four times this year. So, I mean, essentially every game – we're in the thirties or even forties in points. So that that's pretty, you know, if you're a Packer fan, you love to see, you love to hear that, but you know, it would have been nice to add a wide receiver, but I think, I think it's time to move on from that talking point. I'm not obviously addressing you, but I mean, just, I still see it on Twitter. I, and obviously I follow all the Packer reporters, all the chance. So, you know, I'm constantly reading Packer stuff, but the replies and the quote tweets and it's people are still freaking out about the draft, about not drafting a wide receiver. And it's like, it's over and done with the Jordan love pick has been made. He's going to get his opportunity in probably two or three years. And then that's how we assess the draft. Like it, I, I think, you know, if our offense was 15th in the league or 20th in the league and we were struggling and it's like, man, our defense really carried us and we slipped in as a wildcard team. All right, let's then I'd be okay with, you know, going through that draft, those draft talkers again, but they're, they're literally one of the two best offenses in the entire game. They've been fantastic the entire year. They got home field advantage in a first round by the one seed. I, I think it's okay to relax on them and say the Packers had a plan and Jordan Love is is eventually going to be the future. So I'm kind of tired of the wide receiver talking point. But going back to what you were saying, even about on defense, the linebackers, people pull, getting pulled off the scrap heap. Rashawn Gary was getting killed last year for for not playing and, and not playing well. He didn't get a lot of snaps. You know, he was a rookie. And it's like, guys, let's just relax. This year he's been a lot better. I'd say he's better than Preston Smith already. And Preston's still a decent player. Rashawn, uh, why does he have Rashawn here? Uh, Zedaria Smith has been fantastic again this year. Kenny Clark's been awesome. And then the other linebackers, like you said, Chris Barnes, like I didn't know who that guy was coming into this year. They give him the, they give him the helmet to communicate. The dude's running the entire defense. And it's like, who is this guy? And he's been good. And then you look at Kamal Martin coming out of Minnesota. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic. He doesn't get enough playing time because I feel like he's still learning and there's some big moments that he hasn't been great in. But, you know, the inside linebacker position has been a disaster for Green Bay for like 
probably six years. And I feel like it's not great right now, but we're getting to where we want to be. So that's, that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And why, why is Chandon Sullivan so capable? I mean, you, you, you hearken back to like the last 10 drafts, how many fucking draft picks have they wasted in the first and second round on corners? And then just all of a sudden, like, obviously Jair has been good since, I mean, pretty good since day one. He's going to be a pro. Yeah. Yeah, and then just ch- like oh, Chandon Sullivan is the one to break it. Not you know, not Kevin King, not Demarius Randall, not any of these these yep. you know high first round picks. Not Quentin Rollins, who was a fucking basketball player who played one year of football. I mean, that, that's just kind of funny how that stuff works. But it it looks yeah. like it's all coming together for the Packers at the right time. Yep, Chandon Sullivan's been playing a lot of slot for us this year, and he's been he's been really good. He was surprisingly good because you know it's I, I just feel like there's like he said it's it's a bunch of guys that you might, if you just looked at the roster and just looked at the names. And if you hadn't seen the Packers play any games this year, you'd say that can't be a very good defense. I don't know who any of these linebackers are. Chan and Sullivan is your corner three, you know, it, especially people not watching a lot of NFC North games. They'd say Kevin King, like, I, I don't know. Jair is the only big name essentially, but you know, even on the backside, Adrian Amos has been good this year. He's really grown in the last, I'd say six, seven weeks started the year off kind of slow, but he's been fantastic of late. Darnell Savage has turned into a ball hawk. I mean, like it's, it feels like the defense is really growing and you know, all three facets, essentially, like you look at offense, you look at defense. The only thing that struggled this year is special teams. I mean, special teams has been just go to the bears game yesterday. I mean, the fumble on the punt return and there's not a Packer within five yards to, to hop on it. Like, I, I feel like outside of special teams that we're really clicking and especially in offense and defense. And I don't know. The thing is, w- let's say the bears in that game yesterday, let's say that fumble, they score a touchdown. That game completely changes. Like I, f- I feel like the only way the Packers are going to lose in the postseason is if they beat themselves and special teams is a, is a pretty easy way to do that. Yeah. And it's also a, like a really demoralizing way to do it. You know, like if, if Aaron Rodgers 100%. fumbles, you're like, Okay, well, he, you know, he, he'll make up for that. That's, you know, fumbles happen, you know, with any quarterback. But, like, special teams, you're like, ah, oh, these fucking kickers and punters. You shank one. You, you double yep. doink one. You, you, Devon you know. Austin gets, like, four touches a game. Like, that's 25% of the time he just fumbled, you know. So, it's <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't exactly get many opportunities to prove their worth. And, you know, we can go back into that later. But, yeah, yeah the Packers have been surprising this year. I, I saw, you know, however much – value you want you want to put into people picking records but the consensus seemed to be like about 10 wins and i went a little bit higher i went 11 and 5 and and they come out and drop a 13 and 3 and i think this team although it has the same record as they did last year i think they're way better i mean i last year going in the playoffs i knew if we met san francisco we were going to get smoked and and i think everyone else knew that as well this year in the nfc man i it feels pretty wide open yeah, and then just one one last thing here with the Packers, and then we we can move on. And I, I understand, you know, each season is independent of each season, but you know, thirteen and three last year, thirteen and three this year, you know, it really feels like they validated, like, hey, that was not a fluke year. Like we're really yeah. getting the most out of these guys that nobody's ever heard of. And a lot of a lot of times, that's you know, that's that's the most dangerous way to do it because you're not really going to see it coming from some of the some of the names yep. there for uh, the old the old green and gold. Absolutely. So good year for the Packers. And then, you know, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to touch on Chicago since they made the playoffs or where do you, 
Yeah, we'll go with uh, we'll go in order of uh, the division. So we'll we'll go okay. with the Bears here. They obviously f- finished at uh, eight and eight. Uh, I had them going six and ten. You had them going five and eleven. I think they. Uh, well, I mean, they got off to that blazing. What are they? Six and two they started, or something? They started five and zero and then lost oh. uh, six straight. <laughs> so they they limped. They got they got hit with a shotgun in the leg and, and they, got wounded they, into the playoffs. Yeah, they they crawled themselves to the finish line. <laughs> oh man, you know people people talk about and I don't want to talk about the playoffs too much because we'll we'll get to it. Yep. But people people yep. talk about how well if there's an expanded playoffs, I mean we're gonna have some real bad teams get in. Uh, and obviously the NFC East, like that's a whole other yes. discussion, but like, we're going to let some bad teams in. You look at the playoffs, a lot of good teams. The only bad team that limped in, in my mind was the Chicago bears, bear down Chicago bears, huh? Bear down. That's right. Yeah. They're, oh, they're bearing I, down in their fucking basements right now after that performance in uh, week 17. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about Chicago. Cause it's like, man, I, it, you know, they start off five and oh, and I remember, Cause I was doing, I'm in a picks league or whatever, and I'm picking games or whatever. And I, you know, I glimpsed, I, I glimpsed out the record and I'm like, wait, Chicago's undefeated. And like, nobody was talking about it. I don't remember. I don't know about you, but I don't remember in week five or week six, anybody being like, man, this Chicago team, they're undefeated. They're unbelievable. It was kind of like uh how did this happen? It was like, did they get lucky? What is going on? And uh, obviously then they lose six straight games. And it's like, you, you think the wheels absolutely flew off in Chicago and then, they come back and win a couple games and, and sneak their way into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to watch them. And eight and eight is pretty non-exciting. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. I just find the the quarterback record split fascinating, fascinating. Cause Nick Foles was two and five and Mitch was six and three. I, and I think this is good news for you and me. And from what I can gather, I think that there's probably some truth behind this. Extension uh, just, just, yeah, they're they're probably going to bring him back now. Maybe not oh, for a lot of money, but he's he's probably the starting quarterback next year. Because what else are you gonna what are you gonna do? Well, and that's the thing. It's like now that they're eight and eight and they've made the playoffs, it would have been on. It would have been better if after they went five and zero, they just lost out the entire season. I mean, they lost six straight. It was not out of the realm of possibilities for them to lose every game the rest of the way and have a decent draft pick. But now you're eight and eight. You're in the playoffs. Let's say they luck into a win, or they you know something happens and they they find a way to win a playoff game suddenly they're drafting like 23rd. You know, there's nothing you can do with that in terms of the quarterback position. You're not going to get a franchise-changing guy probably unless something crazy happens, um, you know, somewhere in the mid-20s for your pick. It's – I guess they're probably happy they made the playoffs, but I feel like they've done nothing but shipwreck their future. <laughs> and and this team, this offense is so damn bad. They are it's so terrible. lucky. They're so lucky that in year three – that David Montgomery just kind of just because of sheer amount of carries turned into a somewhat yeah. capable back. Good back, yeah. Oh, dude, they would average twelve points a game if they didn't have David Montgomery. I mean, it's, it's real bad. Well, it's and that's the bad. thing. Even watching the game yesterday, it was. I don't want to say I was ever nervous that that the Packers were going to lose. Lose like even you and me, we were DMing about you know after the MVS drop, starting the third quarter, where it's like, all right, is what's going to happen here? But it's just you know Mitch Trubisky is going to give you a ball at some point. And it's like, you got to come down with it. I think we dropped two other picks. I know Rodgers had some picks dropped as well, so we're kind of fortunate there. But the point is, Trubisky's going to present opportunities where he's going to turn the ball over. And that's not a guy you want playing under center, especially you know if he was drafted second overall and you're going to sign him to an extension. I just 
as a Packer fan, and I'm assuming you as a Viking fan as well, I hope they extend him. I mean, he, he's just not that good. He, he's at best, I, I think he's maybe a league average QB, and I'm perfectly fine with that happening in Chicago. Oh, that'd be the best news I've I've heard in a while in the NFC North if that happened. Um, let's move on to the uh, the shipwreck here, uh, known as the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they finished at seven and nine. Should have finished at six and ten. Uh, but no, we like we like winning meaningless games when we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, I had them going ten and six, uh, so I was I was a little off there. You had them uh, at nine and seven, so not too far off. I'd say that's acceptable. Um, Good God, I, I'm a free agent now. I, I'm, it just, uh, just, it just, yeah. Man, I'm, I'm a free agent now. The Browns have been my AFC team for a while. I'm a Browns fan. I'll, I'll think of another team. I'm considering the Packers just because of you know geography. I mean, it's, it's the closest. But I fucking hate this team, man. I fucking hate Mike Zimmer. I hate Rick Spielman. They're a bunch of fucking bums. Gary Kubiak, thank God he retired. Kirk Cousins. I can't stand the guy. That guy hits the gritty. Get the fuck off the field. I <laughs> winning a meaningless game, tanking, tanking your draft positioning. We're, we're, we have pick 14. We're probably going to draft a goddamn three technique or a third string corner. Who's going to turn out to be another Mike Hughes. I hate this team, man. I really do. Given Dalvin cook an extension was terrible. I mean, Vikings fans are insufferable, man. I mean, oh, man, every time I go on there and you and you and me, we understand how the game works. OK, it's better to go one and 15 than it is to go seven and nine. All right, because you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And that's another thing. Maybe we didn't get the first pick in the draft. Maybe if we truly tanked, it's hard to lose every game. Maybe we, we would have got the third or fourth or fifth or, or sixth pick. But at least you're in a position to where you can package that pick with another thing and trade up. Or at least you're in the discussion. We're not in the discussion at all. We are in such a bad place. This team is so yep. poorly constructed that it's, it's actually impressive. But all you'll hear is people talking about Justin Jefferson, who's a great player. That's awesome. I'm glad we have him. But like, oh, man. And this offense is is awful. It's so antiquated. Mike Zimmer is the antithesis of a successful modern NFL coach. But, you know, you look at who's having success right now. It's young offensive coordinators who are innovative, who pass the ball. We're a run first defense first. We have, we have a, we have a coach who hates quarterbacks. Kirk is, is the, is, I mean, we give him a Ferrari and Justin Jefferson and God bless him. Cause he had a great year and we have feeling and stuff like that, but you wouldn't know that by the way this offense functions because a, a, a third of our plays are either checkdowns to CJ Ham, and then another third are our screen passes to Tyler fucking Conklin. And it's like, yeah, no wonder we're seven and nine. Like, I, just, I hate this team, man. I really do. I loathe it. I'm, I'm not even being hyperbolic, man. I have true disdain in my heart for this franchise. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. Because I feel like there's so much wrong. And, you know, you look at the record, yeah, they're 7-9. and nine. The last couple of years, they've obviously been a good team. But it's like, I, I, they're just not building the team correctly. And, and that's I think that's what it's always going to come back to. I, it blows me away that, that they're going to bring Kirk back next year. Well, obviously, they, they, sign, they sign him to an extension. They, they say he's the future. And it's like, are we watching the same team? You know, like, are, am I watching what Rick is watching? Am I watching what the Wilfs are watching? Like, and I know it drives Mike Zimmer crazy. And Mike Zimmer, obviously, he was built to win Super Bowls in 1985. I mean, that's he—that's what he was built for. He's not—he's not made for the, the NFL in 2020 and now, especially 2021. It's young quarterbacks on rookie deals with good rosters built around them, and 
like you were saying, it's, it's the antithesis of what the NFL is today. And you, you look at it and it's like, well, Mike wants to run the ball and he, it, it's, it's a run first and, and defensive team. And it's like, okay. And then, you know, you, you pay Dalvin and it's like, Kirk's making a ton of money and it, it, there's just, there's no way to make it work. And now that the defense isn't in essentially 2017 form where if that's going to be your philosophy, you have to have basically a top three defense in the league and, and kind of get lucky in the playoffs. They're not even close to that. And obviously Daniil Hunter, when he comes back, it's going to change things, but he wants a new contract as well. You're paying too many people. It's just, it's not realistic. And, seven and nine as a Packer fan, this is the best thing that could have happened for me, for the Vikings, seeing them win enough games to miss the playoffs, you know, or, or not win enough games to make the playoffs, but also win enough to not have a, you know, a premier draft selection. It's exactly where I want them to be because it shipwrecks the future. Like you were saying, and you know, you look at it, it's like, I remember around what, what week did we play the, did we play the second time? Was that like week six Packers Vikings? Uh, yes. Six or seven. Okay. It's, you know, somewhere, you know, week six, week seven, and the Vikings were in essentially free fall. Like their season was over and you know, they had huge losing streak. They couldn't stop anybody. The offense wasn't great, whatever. And they come out, they go, they go to green Bay and they beat the Packers. And suddenly everyone thinks it's a revival. And obviously I'm not talking about you. You're smarter than this, but you know, Twitter was like, man, these Vikings, the the Vikings are a good team and and whatever. And it's like, no, this is not what you should be cheering for. You should be cheering to lose 13 games this year to get a top three draft pick and to select the quarterback of the next decade. And it's like, it's astonishing to me how many people don't understand that. I think the team is going in the wrong direction and, and like I said, as a Packer fan, I love to see it. And you know how that's the right move for the team? Because that would make you as a Packers fan scared because it would be a good move. Oh, 100%. And, the, and this is how, dude, it just made me realize how delusional the average Vikings fan is because when they see that 7-9 and, ri- and nine record, you know, what they, you know what I think? I think that's a dead end. You know what they think? We're, four, we're four wins away from being 11-5. and five. Dude. Yeah, that's so bad. <laughs> dude, it's so bad. And It's all, delusional. All, all it's of Kirk Cousins, all of Kirk's stats are garbage time stats. This guy, dude, if if you look at Kirk's stats in a vacuum, you would go, oh, that's a very good quarterback. Wow, you guys must must win a lot of games, but we don't. So where's the disconnect? Why is that not the case? Because he's not good. And another thing, Vikings fans love the exception. Okay, so Kirk heading into this year, I think he was like zero and eight on Monday Night Football, uh, which. If, dude, if you're 0-2 on Monday Night Football, I'm not going to say you suck on Monday Night Football because that's such a small sample size. Maybe there's some weird stuff going on. Maybe if Kirk was 3-5, and five, I could look at a couple of games and go, listen, he probably should have been 5-3, and th- three, but, you know, there's some weird stuff. I'm not going to say he's bad. He obviously has a below 500 record on Monday Night Football. But, you know, whatever. But So he wins on Monday Night Football, and now he's good on Monday Night Football. No, he's still 1-8. Like, yep. But you, you're picking the one time where he won. It's the same as – well. Kirk doesn't have big moments. How about that game-winning touchdown to Kyle Rudolph in the playoffs? Yeah, you mean the time he got lucky? How about how, how about the other 50 times where there was a big moment and he didn't make it, but now that he has a 2% success rate in big moments, we can point to the one time he did it as the exception and go, well, listen, he's very good. This whole team is an exception, Reagan Hooverman, because you look at since 2000 or whatever, almost every team uh, who has won a Super Bowl They've had a franchise quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie deal. Okay, there's been yep. one, ex- two exceptions, Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. 
And we're and, we're you know, we're building this team as the exception. We're not building this easier said than done getting a franchise quarterback, but we're not trying to build it the, the way that you win Super Bowls. We're try, we th- that's the arrogance of the Vikings. That's the arrogance of Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to think that yep. they can be the exception, that they can be hey, we can be the Baltimore Ravens and just have you would have to have everything go correctly. You would have well, to have a- elite kickers and elite defense, a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over, and maybe you could win without a Hall of Famer or a rookie quarterback, but that's well, not well, the reality. Man. And that's the thing. Like I was just gonna say, you know, Trent, Trent Dilfer, whatever the exception. But it's like even even Joe Flacco. You remember? I we've talked about this before. The playoff run Joe Flacco went on. It's one of the great playoff runs by a quarterback of all time. And not only that, he didn't turn the ball over. He had a ton of touchdowns. Whatever. He was fantastic throughout the playoffs. It's one of the great defenses in the history of the game, with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. You know what I'm saying? Like Terrell Suggs. Like there was. It, to think it, and obviously you don't think this, but to think that there are Minnesota Viking fans out there that think Kirk could be Joe Flacco, and that's the type of defense that they could have is a, a complete delusion. And not only that, even if you do have those things, it's it's a completely different game than it was even eight years ago. It's so more pass heavy. It's it's so more reliant on on having an explosive offense and, instead of a defense. And it's like. That's happened, what, two times in the last 20-some years? Why, why do you think you'd be the third team? It, it's just like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And and seven and nine, like you said, thinking that you're just a couple, you know, you're well, you're only you're four games away from from 11 wins. It's like that is such the wrong mentality that I just can't even fathom how people look at it like that. Dude, it, it just makes me want to fucking cry when we're sitting there at fucking six and nine. There's not a single motherfucking reason to win that game. And yet fans will applaud. Whoa, Kirk, did you see Kirk's stat line against a fucking inept franchise in a meaningless game? Kirk is amazing. If there was no if there was no pressure, Kirk would be a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer. He's if, the the games, ultimate- if the games didn't matter, Kirk would be better than Aaron Rodgers. He's he's the greatest at garbage time. I've never seen a better player who's Dude, he's the ultimate. Time. He's the ultimate 12 o'clock p.m., you know, divisional game against garbage opponent Detroit. Like, he's the best to ever do it in those kind of games where it's like nobody's watching. You're playing a, a below 500 team, and it's like you can just boat race them and, and, and pile up your stats. And even in the games in which they lose, it's like, well, well, through, you know, three and a half quarters, Kirk had 48 passing yards and interception and no touchdowns with a, with a passer rating of 30. But in the last six minutes, when they were down 24 points, he threw three touchdowns and and brought him back to lose by seven. You know, and it's like his numbers are going to look like he had a great game. But if if you didn't watch the game, you would never know he was garbage through three and a half quarters. Oh man, he's the greatest at Pat at, at stat, uh, uh, patting his stats and you know whatever. I mean, I'm sure I can tune into Paul Allen tomorrow and he'll tell me about you know how wonderful this season was and how we're building momentum for next year by fucking boat racing a yeah one of the worst franchises in the league. So you know, hey, 2021 is going to be our year, Reagan Hooverman. So you you know you keep sleeping on the Vikings, but you know we're going to run it back. We're going to run it. Of course, we're going to lose a lot of players because we can't sign them, but we're going to run it back. That's that's the been the mentality since 2017. Run it back. Run it back. Same, and every year it gets worse. Same players, same defense, same coaches, same offense. Run it back. Run it back. It's different this year. And it's like in the NBA, that works. In the NFL, when has that ever worked? When has run it back and genuinely run it back? I don't mean like, well, we kind of brought in a 
a star left tackle and we added a receiver and, you know, we drafted well on defense. That's not what they've done. They're genuinely just running it back and paying players more each year. And now they're out of money. And, and Daniil Hunter wants a new deal and they've paid Dalvin and Kirk has an extension. The Kirk extension, don't get me started on this. That's a fireable offense. I don't care what anyone oh, says. Man. The extension is a fireable offense. I understand bringing him in the first time, three years, whatever it was, $84 million or something like that. I get it. You didn't have many options. Coming off 2017, you were a good team. You know, you're a game away from the Super Bowl. And Kirk was definitely an upgrade on whatever is Case Keenum. But it's like, the experiment failed clearly through 2018, 2019. They're like, you know what? Let's just give an extension and see what happens. Like I, that will never make sense to me. I think that's one of the great mistakes of the last 10 years in the NFC North. Reagan, I don't even think he's that much better than Case Keenum. His passer rating is only like five points higher than Keenum's was. Obviously didn't work out for him when he left the team, but the team had talent. And we, dude, we have nothing. We literally have nothing. We're, tr- dude, we're running, we're running Dalvin Cook, who we just signed to a fucking five-year deal. We're treating him like Demarco Murray the last year with the Cowboys. And oh what my happened God. to Demarco? He was cooked. He yeah, got yeah. cooked because they treated him like a fuck, like a fucking rented mule. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, you know, they just worked him. It's, it's like, dude, why am I hearing in a game that didn't matter? Why does Dalvin have thirty-eight carries? Why? For what reason? Because he's paid a lot? Because because he's the player on your offense? The season is over. It didn't matter for you guys. And they're like, well, if we just give – maybe if we give him 50 carries, maybe it'll – it's like – it's so delusional that, that I, I just – it's kind of fun to watch from an outsider perspective because I, I follow a lot of Viking stuff because, you know, whatever. And I, I live close and I watch Viking games. But it's like, man, the, the level of just disconnect is – is unbelievable to me and, and with fans of that franchise. And, and just to wrap up here, because I honestly could go on for hours, but another thing that people don't talk about is the pillars of your team. If you fuck around for a, a long enough time, they're not pillars anymore. So Eric Kendricks is playing very good, but he's like 29. So like each year where we fuck around and don't win, that guy gets a year older and a year older. And then suddenly you're like, wait, Eric Kendricks sucks. And now he's 32. Yeah. Cause you, you fucking wasted his entire career. Harrison Smith yep. is another year older. Anthony Harris fucking sucks. And there's some He's nice good. there's some nice pieces like DJ Wanham and Cam Dantzler looks to be better than Jeff Gladney, who we took in the first round. And, you know, O'Neal, hopefully they move him to left tackle. And I didn't think Cleveland was super bad, all things considered, especially considering he's not a guard, he's a tackle. And, we you know, we played him on the inside. But it's like oh, every year the sum, the sum total of this team, the sum total of the talent on this team – gets diminished and diminished and people don't find that concerning. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. What do we even want to say about Detroit? I'm, oh, Cause I'm pretty man. good on the vibe. Is there anything to say about Detroit? We, we picked it dead on, man. We, they went five and 11. I said they'd go five and 11. You said they'd go six and 10. The only thing I want to say with the lions, I don't care about their future. I don't really care about this season, but for the love of God, for, for, for the love of humanity, can they please trade away Matt Stafford so we can go to a winning team for a couple of years and have a chance to do something? Hey, Matt, I agree with that. Matt Stafford to New England is kind of getting some steam in the last couple of days. I'd love it. I, I would, too. Give him a chance. Play with a de- play with one of the great coaches of all time and then, you know, a, 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 you know, a roster that gives him a chance to win some games because Lord knows Detroit won't do it. No, I, yeah. I genuinely feel bad for Matt Safford. 
he's a, he's a good player. He's a good quarterback, but it's like, man, when you got a defense that sucked for 20 years and an offense that has no weapons outside of years with Calvin Johnson, it's like, man, I, I just feel bad for him. He's got to, he's got to go somewhere else. And, and I'm concerned. Do they retire his number? This is so off topic, but do they, do they retire Matt Stafford's number? Oh, a million, a million percent. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I don't, he, has he even ever played in a playoff game? Yeah. He made it that one year. Right. Cause I got screwed. That sounds about, that sounds like a Detroit thing. Yeah. They made, they made it one year, but you know, I, I'm concerned that he's too washed. Or, or, you know, he gets injured too often because of, of what Detroit has done to him. I mean, they've turned his the vertebrae in his back into into graham cracker dust. Jesus. <laughs> it's I mean, not this poor man. Yeah, it's... You hate to see it. You, oh, you okay. absolutely do. So, they, so uh, 2016, they lost in the wild card. 2014, they lost in the wild card. 2011, they lost in the wild card. And then the last time before that was 1999. Yeah, and you know what they did to that coach who brought him there, Jim Caldwell? They fucking fired him when he had an above 500 winning percentage. He wasn't a bad coach. He should not have been fired. Hell no. He was the best thing to ever happen to Detroit. And it's like, if you're going to fire, you gotta you got to bring in someone better, and their solution is Matt Patricia. Oh, vomit. <laughs> a little bit off topic, but it, actually, you know what? I'll save that. I feel the exact same way about a firing that just happened today. But we'll, we'll get to that, and uh, yep. we'll, we'll, we'll move on from the NFC North here. Uh, we'll, we'll go to the NFC South, uh, where we had the New Orleans Saints go 12-4, and four, the Buccaneers going 11-5, and five, the Panthers at 5-11, and 11, and the Falcons at 4-12. and 12. Reagan Hooperman, we were pretty spot on with the Saints. I said they'd go 11-5. and five. You said 12-4, and four, so you, you nailed it. Uh, Tampa Bay, we were, we were a little too high. We both said 12-4. and four. Carolina, we were too high. I said 8-8. Eight and eight. You said seven and nine, and then the Falcons just a little bit too high. We said they'd go six and ten, and obviously they finished four and twelve. Uh, kind of a division of pretenders, wouldn't you say? I, I, it's it's so interesting watching the NFC South because I, I don't know what to make of either New Orleans or Tampa Bay at this point. And I guess we'll start at the top because New Orleans obviously finished twelve and four, and won the NFC South, but. I've been saying it. This is going on in my third year of saying this. Drew Brees is cooked. I don't care what his numbers are. I don't care how many games they win. His arm is shot. Every week I watch them play, he's throwing ducks. Balls are underthrown. They're overthrown. He's getting picked off. I, I don't think he's got a lot of gas left, and now I've seen in the last week or two, rumors have started to come out that, you know, especially with the rib injury that's happened this year, it's what sidelined him for a decent amount of time. Drew Brees is thinking about walking away after this year, which I can respect. I totally get that. But I think it's becoming pretty clear that e- even when they're going to be in the playoffs, I, I think they have the second – do they have the second seed or did Seattle get the second seed? Uh, I, I, the Saints have the second seed. Okay. So, you know, even though they're the second seed, it's like, man, I I think he's going to unravel in the playoffs. Like, I I don't know how many Saints games you watched this year, but he did not look like the same quarterback he was. And obviously he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying he has to play like prime Drew Brees, but he's playing like league, league average at best right now. And I think the record is is better than the team actually is. Yeah, you know that uh, – I don't know why this is a kid's game, but you know that little kid's game where it's like a square of wood and it's got plastic over it and it's got like the little um, – it's like a maze where you try to get the ball in the hole. Yep. 
that's basically Drew Brees's uh, rotator cuff, and then of course he has graham cracker fucking ribs. That yeah, that guy is cooked. I'm entirely. I didn't believe you the first year. I was a little skeptical, but these last two years, holy it's, fucking balls. It's not even. He's not good. It's, it's not even necessarily the numbers, like because the numbers are still pretty good. But, but it's like, meaningless. If, if you sit down and watch the games, if you watch the footballs that he throws, a lot of them are sailed. A lot of them are underthrown. He's missing easy throws that that even league average quarterbacks are making with ease. And it's like, man, it. You go back to the last time, uh, not the NFC Championship where they lost, the, the season after that, he threw a pick to lose the game. He, th- he just lobbed him up into double coverage in, in overtime. And it's like, what are you doing? I, I, I think he's I think he's lost a step, and I, I don't have faith that the Saints are – I don't think they make it to the NFC Championship game. I really don't. Like, I, I, I'm kind of out on the Saints. Oh, I don't, I don't think they get very far either. And yeah, again, 24 touchdowns, six interceptions, nearly a 71% completion percentage. The numbers look good, but it's the eye test. And 100%. half of that offense is is just checkdowns to Michael Thomas, which is why he has you know, 100, 130 yeah, or screens. So it's all high percent. It's the Sam Bradford fucking offense with the Vikings in, in 2016 or whatever the fuck he was here. I yeah. mean, it's, it's the most basic offense ever. I mean, you, you could just play a certain fucking sub package on defense and then their entire offense is gone is gone. Well, that's the thing. And when the saints played, uh, when the saints played green Bay, even though we ended up winning that game, I think Alvin Kamara had like 250 yards or something like that. And like 180 of them were, were screen passes because we couldn't stop. And it's like, that's going to reflect well on Drew Brees way through two touchdowns. And, he, and it's like, well, yeah, on those plays, he threw the ball a total of seven yards. And, and it's going to show up in the stat sheet as 202 touchdowns. So, you know, it's like, like you said, he, he doesn't pass the eye test anymore. And, and I think in the play, that's something you can get away with in the regular season, especially when you get four games total against Carolina and Atlanta, which are pretty much garbage right now. It's going to look good when you get to the playoffs and you got to play, you know, better teams. You got to go on the road somewhere, especially a place like potentially Green Bay. It's, it's not going to fly. Oh, absolutely not. And then just one last thing, I suppose, about the about the Saints. You know, Kamara, it looked it looks like he had a good year. He had 16 rushing touchdowns, but he had six of them against the Vikings and, and probably should have had a seventh if they brought him in for the, uh, uh, well, I suppose the one rushing touchdown he didn't get. Um, yeah, but, it, was, it was like third and goal from the half-yard line. Yeah, that's, oh, man. But, yeah, I think that, uh, they're real paper tigers. I don't, I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs. Um, and then – Tampa Bay, it's you know they finished eleven and five, second in the division at the NFC South. Uh, I we both had them at twelve and four. I thought they'd be a little better than they actually were, but I, I don't know what to make of this team either. Uh, you know, it's it's like, it, is it going to be the team with with a dominating defense and a and a good run game and weapons on the outside, or is it going to be going to be the team that gets down three three possessions early and the game's over? You know, we've seen both iterations of that team and. Tampa Bay has just been so inconsistent that I I don't think they make a run through the playoffs either. Yeah, that was that was my big takeaway is like, you know, I think if this team can score first, they maybe could hold on to a lead. But Tom Brady's not the 37 year old Tom Brady he was you know a while ago. I mean, they, like they got down. What was it? The Falcons game where they were down by a shit ton of points. Were, I think they were down 20. Yeah, and obviously because it's the Falcons, they came back. But it's like, dude, if you even if you do that to the Saints. Or, uh, uh, shoot, I forget who they uh, play. Oh, they play Washington. I think they're safe for, for – well, I don't want to get into the playoffs. But point being, if this, is a, if this is a team that 
uh, you know, gets down by even 10 points, dude, I think that's, I, I think the fat lady's singing at that point. Yep. And, and I, I think that's a good point. It's they're a front running team. They get out to a lead that defense can eat. The pass rushes can get after it. They can be more aggressive, play some press coverage, whatever. But that's not a team that wants to play from behind. And obviously no team wants to play from behind, but if you're Kansas city, you know, if you're green Bay, you can get chunk plays like that. You know what I'm saying? You can score quickly. Tampa Bay, for as much as they, they have weapons on the outside, they have not been that team. It, it has not been, you know, we can make up 14, 20-point gaps consistently, and obviously you do it against Atlanta. Okay, everybody and their mother has done it against Atlanta at some point this year. So I, I don't put much credit into that. But I think Tampa Bay is a front-running team. If they get down 7, 10, potentially even 14 points in a playoff game, I think the game's over no matter what, how much time is remaining on that clock. Yeah, I, I I agree with you 100% on that one. Um, Carolina, moving on to Carolina, th- that one's a little tricky because obviously we were we were off the mark. Uh, we were a little too high. But, man, if Christian McCaffrey plays, you know, 13 more games, I, I really do think they would have gone 8-8 eight and eight, or who knows, maybe I, even better. I think they might have even won more than that. I think it could have been somewhere around nine wins. You know, I the McCaffrey injury was – uh, devastating is is the only way to put it. I mean, that's a guy that was literally their entire offense. And, you know, you get Teddy Bridgewater in the system and, you know, Keekly was done. And it, there was just a lot of changes with that team. You bring in a new coach and it's like five and 11, it looks really bad, but I don't think they're as bad as their record says. And next year I expect better things from them. And it's, I just don't know what to make of Carolina because every week it seemed like they were just, it was a roller coaster up and down. It's like, well, they scored 35 this week and gave up seven points. And then the next week they score three points and get beat by 24. So uh, just a completely inconsistent team. And, and five and 11 is, I I guess, whatever it is, but I think next year they'll bounce back and have quite a few more wins. Oh, for sure. Cause I, like we just said, the top two teams in that division in my mind are are paper tigers and, uh, you know, you get McCaffrey back, hopefully. And listen, they're in a high enough position where maybe they draft the future. I mean, obviously you have Bridgewater there who's not bad and on a reasonable contract. But, uh, you know, I think given the money they've given Matt Rule and, and uh, you know, some of the guys there, like they're in there for the long haul. So, you know, yeah. do you want to do you want to try to get a franchise quarterback? I think every it was either this year or last year. I'm pretty sure it was this year. All eight of their draft picks were on defense. So like they just have young guys on that defense to go around. I mean, Brian Burns, Yitor Gross Matos, uh, Derek Brown, um, Jeremy Chin. Holy smokes. That guy, obviously I think we all know who the real defensive rookie of the year is, Uh, but Jeremy Chin deserves consideration. That guy had what two touchdowns against the Vikings. Weird how every good young player we've talked about has had a great game against the Vikings, but uh, I, I'm, I like that team. They, they're a, they're a not so sleepy, not so, not so, uh, untrendy pick next year to to make the leap into the playoffs i agree so carolina probably a bright future depending on how they address the draft but you know five and eleven i don't think is exactly indicative of what that team actually is and then atlanta in the cellar of the nfc south <laughs> oh boy four and twelve and we both had them picked at six and ten so we were off by a couple games but you know i knew it wasn't going to be good and obviously that's why we picked them to go well below 500 but four wins, I know Matt Ryan's not what he used to be, but you've got weapons. That offense, Atlanta has prided themselves on an on a explosive offense for the last six years. And 
you couldn't win more than four games with it. I, I just I, I don't understand it. Obviously, the defense is is not anything special, but to only win four games and you've still got more than competent players in offense is is an absolute it's a disaster. And I think a lot of it comes down to coaching because you look at what happened. How many twenty point leads did they blow this year? Three, four. Something it like was that. it was several. It was it, it was every week. It was on Sports Center and the Falcons have. After being up twenty-seven to three, oh, they end up losing, you know, forty-two to thirty-five, and it's like, what, what is going on? So I, I think you just clean you clean house in terms of front office coaching staff, everything, start over, and start rebuilding because I I think that's the only future for Atlanta. Yeah, I only have one thing to say about this team, and and uh, it's uh, listen, it ties into the Vikings as well. So they they start the season zero and five, okay? Then then they fire uh, what what's his name? Not Gus Bradley. Even, yeah, they they what are they? Didn't they fire the head coach? Yeah, but I'm I'm blanking out his name. Either way, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, but then then they they get the interim coach, and what is it? It's that weird thing where if you look at interim coaches, their their first week coaching, like they they actually win a lot of games, like they they're yep. above five hundred. They beat the Vikings. This. This starts off a bad stretch for the Falcons because then they go on to win three of their next five games. Okay, so they're sitting there at four and seven, and then they decide to lose the next five. So that stupid middle third stretch is what's keeping them away from Trevor Lawrence, the hometown guy who could play in that nice, fancy stadium. Reagan, they could have had Trevor Lawrence. They started off 0-5. They finished on a five-game losing streak. It's that pesky in-between, man, where they beat the Panthers, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Raiders and the Vikings. And you just can't have those stretches. I mean, you look at, and we'll get to the Jets eventually when, once we hit the AFC, but man, you look at teams that have just shipwrecked their future because they won games that absolutely did not matter. Atlanta's up there. The Jets are up there. I mean, it's like, I, I don't understand it. And obviously you can't, you can't come out and say, we're going to try to lose this game on purpose, but you can do things to try and to try and really sell your season. <laughs> I, can, I think you can put <laughs> Nate Sudfeld in the game. Yeah, well, exactly. You could do things like that, or you could you could send the house on on third and a mile with the game on the line. Classic. You know, it's like there's things you can do, and Atlanta clearly didn't do those things, and they end up four and twelve. And obviously, it's not middling; like they don't have a bad draft pick, but they 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 got to find a way to get to their franchise guy, and it, it might not be this year, but you never know. I I think they got to start over. I, that's that's the only way I see them competing in this division for the next several years. Well, listen, maybe they could trade up. I mean, there's also another hometown well, Georgia kid who plays at Ohio State that they could that they could right. maybe draft. So, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't think they're going to be able to finesse a trade with the Jaguars. But, you know, I don't know, here's hoping. Um, so, let's uh, let's move on here to the uh, the NFC West. Um, yeah, we did not this do was a bloodbath. Great. This was a bloodbath for us. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the the Seahawks finished 12 and four. We were pretty good on that. We both said 11 and five. So that's a good pick. Uh, The Rams finished finished 10 and six. We had them, I had them going six and 10. You had them going five and 11. Uh, That's not good for for either of us. The Cardinals, we thought uh, they would go 10 and six and nine and seven. They went eight and eight. They were obviously like the trendy team to pick uh, in the preseason. They should have won that last game though. That would have been nine and seven uh, against the Rams. Kyler Murray went out for like two quarters. They were going to win that game. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. But I am the, not. The I am not going to give you a pass 
I'm not going to give you a pass. And th- he came in and threw a duck. It was immediately a pick six, like two snaps into it. <laughs> yeah, the Troy Hill or whatever. Oh, but God. I'm, I am not giving you a pass here on the Niners. Uh, I did have them no. going 10 and six, so I was pretty wrong. But you had them going 12 and four. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure they had like eight starters on IR through week three. They lost their entire roster basically to injury. Everything went wrong at, at the same time. They play in a tough division. I said 12 and four. I'll own it. I was completely wrong about the 49ers. And, and trust me, I'm happy I was wrong because I hate the 49ers. But man, I, what, I'm curious to see what they do next because now there's questions at quarterback. Trade for Kirk. Trade for Kirk. We'll give you three first rounders. What if they did something crazy and just flooded you guys with picks? Oh, I'd I'd love that. Just trade them all, package them up, and just trade them all for the second pick. Oh man, I San Francisco. The, the NFC West is such a weird. I think any one of those teams next year could legitimately win the division. Well, I don't think the Niners can, but the the other three, I I think for if sure. They, I, if they bounce back, dude, I I don't know. Like, I guess Seattle's kind of the cream of the crop, but like Seattle had some real clunkers this year. Like, I know they went they won twelve games, but. How many games did they win where it was like, you should not have won that game? You go back to go to the Minnesota game. They should not have won that game. If Minnesota doesn't piss that away, man, I I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not as high on Seattle either. I don't know. It looks like that Jamal Adams trade turned out pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. He's been playing pretty he's pretty much been, been converted to a linebacker this year. Yeah, that's smart because he's probably he's got to be like 220. Yeah, he's what do you have like eight sacks this year? That's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, also, like dislocated his shoulder in week 17 or whatever, but you know, ah, well, well, I'm sure that won't come back to haunt him. Or, or the time when he, he was out due to injury and he took a picture of him watching the Seahawks on TV and there was like a big blunt right on his table. <laughs> ah, yeah, you know. <laughs> little lax on these drug rules, apparently. But it was so funny because everyone's like, "Delete, delete, delete" in the comments. <laughs> oh man, internet! Oh. The internet stays undefeated. They really do. The internet is completely goaded. Well, and I'm uh, also, I'm also, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated uh, by good teams that just have like shit quarterback uh, problems. Because like the Rams, that defense could win a Super Bowl, but like. What are you going to do next year? You have Jared Goff. Like, he is most definitely not the answer, but like, he's going to be stuck there for a long time. Like, that's a contract you cannot get out from. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of teams like that where, you know, it's, it's kind of the Kansas City situation. Obviously, you're not going to, Mahomes is not just sitting in every draft, but you know what I'm saying? It's Kansas City. They were a good team. They were making, you know, they occasionally won the division. They were making wild card games with Alex Smith. And it's like, yeah, this is a it's a good roster with a a pretty good quarterback. And maybe they could make some noise in the playoffs. And Kansas City basically decided to not necessarily tear it down, but they started over at the quarterback position, said, we think this is the kid of the future. And, and suddenly they have a championship, you know, less than three years later. It, could the Rams be a team like that? Like I said, you're not going to find Mahomes in the draft, but could you move off? or eventually move off a player like Goff and try to start over at the quarterback position, considering how good that defense actually is. I feel like it's a possibility. Yeah. You, you could, you do have some pieces that you could get rid of that. Maybe you could package in a trade. Like, uh, I don't don't know. Like if you had to give up Cooper cup to try to get a, a, a fancy young quarterback, would you do it? 
I mean, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. You know, you might have to yeah. part ways with some, you got a couple of nice young running backs, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be curious to see what they do in, in free agency. Cause uh, I didn't think they'd go 10 and six. Cause uh, I think we talked about it on the preview show, but they lost, they lost like, like nine they starters. Lost like, they lost like nine or 10 starters, which is insane that they even won 10 games to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how that works. And uh, just just real quickly here on the Cardinals, I I, I think next year is probably their year. Uh, I I like that team a lot, and just uh, it's a shame. It's a shame they didn't make the playoffs because uh, it's probably the last year for the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, it's not Jerry Rice. Oh my God, yeah, nah. He's he's <laughs> definitely in the top seventy, that's for sure. Yeah, somewhere in the top two hundred. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Arizona, man, I like. I... I'm 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 out on Cliff Kingsbury. He's not a good coach. Like that, there is no reason that that team should not be in the playoffs. I don't care if they play in the NFC West. There is no reason they got. I yeah, I guess they had some injuries on defense, but like that defense is fine. The offense has so many weapons. It's like that that has to be a playoff team. There were some weird like clock management blunders and like some questionable decisions by Kingsbury. Like, do you just fire that coach and try and get someone better? Like, say, hey, Kyler Murray's the the future of this of this division. Help us get to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, reach up to. You can go out and try and hey, Urban Meyer. You know, you want to come coach in Arizona and whatever. Like, there's big names out there that they could go try and get, and I feel like they sh- that's something they should do. But Cliff is Kyler's guy, and I 100% do not want to see Urban Meyer as an NFL coach. That dude is is. Everything about him, his recruiting is second to none. I mean, that'd be he'd waste that in the NFL because there's not any recruiting. But hey, how about this? Well, right now he's he's sitting in an analyst chair, so I I feel like he could be doing better things. Yeah, like going back to college where he would win a national championship wherever he went within four years. But how about this? We talked. This guy was a hot candidate last year. Direct direct connection there with Kyler Murray. Hey, how about you fire Cliff? Maybe he go. Maybe he goes back to to college. Maybe he goes back to USC or whatever, where he spent a week before he got hired by the Cardinals. And you get yep. uh, Lincoln Riley. Hey, go for it. Or hey, shoot a text over to uh, Bianami in in Kansas City. Say, hey, we know you're good on offense. We know you're a great guy, and come on over here and and work with Kyler Murray and be the future of this program. You know, there's so many ways they could go, but I think Cliff Kingsbury is. It, it, it's just not the answer. They got to they got to change that up because there's more than enough talent on that roster to be a, a really good competitive playoff team. Ah, we don't know if the enemy's good. You know who I would give a phone call to though, Anthony Lynn. Oh yeah, yeah. They wow. Well, I, I keep alluding to that, but you know he got done dirty over there in uh, in L.A. Yeah, I actually I actually don't think he's that bad of a coach. No, I think he's dude. He was twelve and four two years ago. I mean, you gave this guy a rookie quarterback who had a. Uh, whatever we'll get to that with the Chargers, but there's there's a lot of options the the Cardinals could go, but I don't think they're going to fire Cliff this year. Yeah, I mean if they if they really want to sh- if they want to get someone really innovative and like someone that could really ch- change the offense and get the dynamic, they could just go after Mike Zimmer. I was just gonna say, yeah, fucking, yeah, that <laughs> he, guy. He's listen, gonna have his hat in the, He's gonna have his name in the conversation. He's gonna he's gonna play Kyler Murray like Sammy Baugh, and they're they're just gonna. <laughs> That's the perfect team for the 1960s. A hundred percent. Wearing leather helmets. That's the Zimmer special. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Zimmer, man, if we could just get that guy in a time machine, if, if only, if only what have it at, at epic duels with uh, Lombardi. Imagine the rivalries. 
Well, we know Zimmer wouldn't shake his hand after. Yeah, Zimmer is a little bit of a bitch when it comes to the media. That guy flips out at people Dude, for asking him questions. My, my 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 favorite is like Zimmer, like not that he's comes off as like trying to be a tough guy, but I think he's kind of, you know, hardcore and, and grit and grind and defense and, or whatever. But like he loses a game against the Packers and won't shake LaFleur's hand. Like, come on, dude, you're like 60 something. Why are you acting like a 15 year old? He's also a guy who takes zero responsibility. Like when he said, uh, I don't, I don't well, have, my, I don't my have my guys. Sucks. Yeah. yeah or my I don't have my guys. Good. Mike Zimmer, look at that defense. They're all your guys. Like, oh, 100%. You, you, you didn't draft Todd Davis. You didn't draft uh, Chris Jones. But everybody else, like Harris, uh, Dantzler, Gladney, uh, Smith, uh, DJ Wanham, literally everybody is your guy. And also, by the way, even if you didn't draft them, they're still your guys because they're on your, they're on your roster, you fucking moron. You're the one coaching them all year. So it doesn't doesn't matter if this is their first year here from fucking Denver. You're coaching them, you fucking idiot. Well, 100%. And if he's the defensive maestro that he claims to be, which, okay, he probably is, then you should be coaching those guys up until they're serviceable. There's no reason. If, if you're, you know, you're a head coach, you should be working with offense, defense, special teams. You are, it is your job. It is your team, period. There's no way around that. And he just pawns off the offense. I don't want anything to do with that. Well, then you better have a damn good defense. And he doesn't. The defense, they gave up a 50 burger and six rushing touchdowns to the Saints. I mean, like, I, I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And, like, we're really ragging on Zimmer, but I think it's well deserved. Oh, 100%. And you do you want to know a way that ensures no free agents sign with the Vikings? Shit on all of your fucking players. Just shit on all of them. Take no responsibility. Blame them. Blame yeah. blame the the blame the three guys who you didn't draft who are on your team playing. Yeah, that'll make sure that we you know get forget even getting superstars. But even like oh here's a promising guy who's probably looking for a prove it deal. Maybe we could you know find something to to work. Nope. Like, dude. And that's when I knew the Vikings were gonna suck. Is when all those players that we've been cultivating just left and decided to take prove-it deals elsewhere yep. instead of staying with us. When I saw J. Ron Curse take $2 million to go to the Lions, he ain't going to have success with the Lions, but he'd rather go there than be here. When Alexander left, I don't blame Waynes because that's a lot of money, but uh, Weatherly, when all these guys left who you could have brought yep. back for like a million or, or $2 million, like, ah, that's when I knew things were real bad because they clearly don't respect Mike Zimmer. 100%. All right, so are we are we good on the NFC West and also yeah. more Mike Zimmer talk? <laughs> yeah, well, you never know what might come up, but yeah, we're, we'll move on to the uh, the NFC least, uh, where uh, this one was a tough one to pick because this division is just disgusting. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, we had the uh, Washington Football Team going seven and nine. I had them going two and fourteen, so I was pretty pretty wrong on that. Uh, you had them going three and thirteen. Uh, the Giants went six and ten. I had them going seven and nine. You had them going exactly six and ten. I'm going to skip this one for a second because I want it to be the last one. But finishing yeah. in fourth place, the Eagles went four eleven and one. We both had them uh, going eight and eight, which is pretty darn bad. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys went six and ten. I had them going ten and six, so uh, that's still a bad pick. But you had them going twelve and four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's uh, I won't defend it because it was a terrible pick. But here, I'll explain my reasoning, or at least try to. When I looked at their – I literally looked at their schedule, pulled it up, went through all the games. 
I genuinely believed that they would sweep the entire NFC East. I thought they would win both against Washington, both against the Giants, both against Philly, which is six wins. You're, you're basically 6-0 in the division. And it's like, at that point, can you go 6-4 and four against against the rest of the teams? I thought they could do it. And they were garbage. They were garbage. after They were competitive. No, I can't say competitive. They were somewhat somewhat competent before Dak got injured. After he went down, not only did the wheels fly off, the axles snapped, the body was sending sparks everywhere. That team was horrific. Mike McCarthy was smashing watermelons in hotel rooms to hype up the roster. What the hell was going on in Dallas? A beaver. I I just don't understand it. You know what's my favorite part about this? Is that uh, literally like... Three days later, maybe not even three days later, you were, you were like, holy shit, this is a bad pick. Like we, were, <laughs> It wasn't at the midway point of the season where you realized 12 and 4 no. was ridiculous. It was like before week one, you're like, ah, yeah, I might have fucked up with this one. I, well, like, like literally, like you said, like two or three days after I made that selection, I was like, all the self-report. I literally at old takes exposed before the Cowboys played a single game. <laughs> oh, man. It was uh, bad. Yeah, it, it was not good. Um, I have, I honestly have nothing to say about this division. The only thing I will I say is about Washington. Props to them because seven and nine. I understand like it's the NFC least. Like seven and nine should never win a division, but they did win a division. And props to Ron Rivera. He's a very good coach. He, dude, he battled through cancer like four different starting quarterbacks. His yeah. owner having a scandal, and uh, you know, like that's it's honestly insane they went seven and nine so props to him that dude is he got a little stale in carol i don't think he was ever a bad coach in carolina maybe his message just got a little stale after being there for you know seven or eight years and and losing the super bowl he's a very good head coach i love what he's doing with washington uh maybe not roster wise but his coaching ability is might be second to none so shout out to ron rivera 100 percent. i could not agree more i i have so much respect for ron rivera not just the health stuff obviously the cancer stuff is unfortunate and and it's you know it's great that it sounds like he's doing better and he's fine now but to continue to coach a team for that and to coach a team well a team that had essentially no future what was the future for washington Dwayne haskins who who was literally just cut or whatever or released like a couple weeks ago that team had no future no identity at all alex smith was coming back after what was literally a a completely devastating leg injury that pretty much should have lost him his leg. Like that team has had no identity and nothing going for them. He gets them to seven, seven and nine, which like you said, it's not great, but it's a division championship. It's a playoff berth. They've got one of the better defensive lines in the entire playoffs right now. That's a good defensive line. Like at least now it feels like there's potentially a future there. And I think a lot of it is because of him. 100%. And listen, even if they went, even if they were the fourth team in the NFC East and they went seven and nine, that's still. I, I'm not trying to, you know, be a dick about it, or I, you know, I mean what I say. Like that, that to, is a, that is an accomplishment. That is like it, that is 100%. legitimately impressive. You have to adjust your standards for teams. It's the reason seven and nine for Washington and seven and nine for the Vikings is not the same seven and nine. It's not at all. It's it. The rosters are completely different. And I'm not trying to go back to the Vikings for a third time here, but I'm just using it as a comparison. Like records are not 
the same for every team. Seven and nine for Washington is an accomplishment considering they've been in the cellar of the East for so long. Like you think, yeah, you go back to Kirk Cousins. That's the last time they were good. But even then they were getting boat raced in the playoffs the few times that they made it. And over the last couple of years, they had nothing going for them. And I feel like now if you're, if you're choosing to like, if you're a new fan and you're looking at the NFC East for God knows whatever reason you want to be a fan, it's like Washington's not even that unappealing. It's better than Philly. Dallas is a, a continuous train wreck. The New York Giants aren't that entertaining. Like Washington at least has a future now. And, and Ron Rivera, I think, is the perfect coach for that team. Oh, for sure. And it, it's possible that the wheels just fall off, you know, with any team. But like, where do you think they go next year? They're, I mean, logically, they're going to win more than seven games. I mean, you know, so. The, like you said, that defensive line is super good. The team's really young. Cameron Curl, I think, was undrafted, and he turned out to be a really good safety in year one. So it's like, I don't know the future of the quarterback position, but like, it wouldn't be, it would not be crazy with a de- a decent, not a good, but a decent free agency in a draft. Hey, they could be ten and six next year. I mean, that division is buns. Hundred percent, totally agree. All righty, let's uh, let's move on here to the uh, AFC East. Uh, this is not a good division uh, for me, and I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we had the Buffalo Bills winning the division at 13 and three. Uh, I had them going 11 and five. You had them going 12 and four. Uh, I'll skip this one because I'll, I'll make it the last one. But we had uh, in third place, we were dead on with New England. They went seven and nine. You said seven and nine. I said eight and eight. Uh, we were a little too high on the Jets. But in our defense, it's tough to predict a team to go two and 14 because teams can just stumble into wins. Uh, I had them going four and 12. You had them going five and 11, but my, my worst performance from the preseason was with Miami. They went 10 and six, barely missed out on a playoff spot. Uh, You had them going seven and nine. I had them going four and 12. So I I was six off on that one. So that is a bad beat for me. Do you want to explain it? Well, because I don't remember what your rationale was for them not being good besides the fact that they're the Dolphins. Yeah, so I went back because I kept record predictions for for every team, but I lost mine for the AFC East, so I had to go back and listen to it. What Mm -hmm. I said about the Dolphins is we both agreed they'd be better. I said they would be a better team, but they would actually lose more games because they kind of stumbled into some victories last year. So I, because I think they went like five and eleven. So I thought they'd be a better team. I thought they were going to start Tua from day one. So you know, I didn't know he would be that good. I thought there might be some struggles. Who 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 would who could have guessed that all the free agents they signed would have actually been like legitimately good, and uh, yeah, so I was I was still wrong. There's no there's no defending a six point or a six win spread, but uh, I did say they would be better. But uh, yeah, that's uh, four and twelve and ten and six are light years apart. Yep, that's pretty different. So I was I I thought Miami would be better this year, and that's why I gave them seven wins. And I knew Buffalo was going to be good, but. I really thought Miami would have some success against uh, New England and New York and the Jets with, you know, everything that's gone on there and Tom Brady departing and, you know, a bunch of Patriots opting out and obviously the Jets being just a raging dumpster fire for going on five years now. Um, You know, I I thought they'd have some easy wins there. And it's like, I I saw them getting the four wins pretty easily. And, you know, from there, it's like, can you win three more games? I thought they could. And, you know, they did way more than that and finished 10 and six and, had a good season. So I think Miami has a bright future too, but it's like, man, I, I, I don't know if, and I just want to touch on it real quick, but I don't know what I think about Tui yet. I feel like I would know after this year and, and I'm kind of indifferent. Like I can't tell if he's actually good or not. 
Yeah, I haven't watched. Well, because it's I've, AFC, I've only seen I, like, I've only seen like three games, so I, I I don't have a huge sample size. But like, you know, everyone thought Tua was going to be the guy, and like he's going to you know be one of these bright young stars, and like he 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 hasn't done that, and he's even though it's been unconventional, he's been benched a few times, and I I don't know, it's just kind of been weird watching him play this year. Uh, yeah, I mean. The stats aren't super bad. I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and who knows if he was at, at full health. But the one thing I will say, because people, people made a big deal about Tua getting benched for, for Fitzy and going like, that's going to destroy his confidence. I think that's I think Tua might be the one guy that you could do that to because I think Tua is so mature that I think he would legitimately understand, like, listen, it doesn't mean you're not the future guy. Learn from – because he's always standing next to, next to Fitz. Like, I – I, I think yep. he's one of the most mature players, even when he was in college football. So I don't think he would take it the wrong way. Maybe with like, uh, you know, maybe if you bench uh, Trubisky or if you bench like Josh Rosen, they would take it the completely wrong way. But I think yep. I think Tua understands. He's like, you know, this is still my team. There's still a reason they took you with the fifth pick in the draft. We're trying to win now. And I will, I will go out and legitimately learn why. I wouldn't even call it a benching. It's more like a learning lesson, which I know is just, you know, a fancy way of, of spinning it. But like, yeah. I think that's the one guy you can do it with because that guy's mentality is is something else. I agree with that, and you know, like you said in college, he was such a mature guy, and like everything was, you know, he he took accountability and he could answer questions and whatever, and it was awesome. And and I I think in addition to that, there's not a better guy that I would rather have doing that with him, and I guess to him, like essentially taking a spot in the field than Fitzpatrick. Like that guy is the quintessential backup. Like you know, he's he's never going to cause problems, and it's like. Ah, I just feel like that's a good guy to learn from, especially from a dude who's been in the league for so long, has been a pretty good player at times. So he's been on the field and I, I think it's a good situation for Tua. It's just unfortunate that like he's kind of being put through the ringer a little bit. It's the first two quarterback system in the league. We have a, we have a, a starter and a closer. I mean, you know, Fitzy's the closer. He comes in, you need like four good throws. He, you know, he's an old man. So, you know, he's, he's perfectly rested and, you know, just going out there and slinging some dimes. Absolutely. And I think, I think with Tua, I mean, dude, I'm his teammates love him. So like, you know, even if he doesn't turn out to be an elite quarterback, if he's just above average or if he's good, like his, he's going to be one of those guys like Teddy, where like, you know, his team is ready to run through a fucking brick wall for him. Yep. Uh, And then just very quickly, quickly here with the AFC East, don't care about the Patriots. Don't care about the jets. This is the bills division for a long time, dude, Josh Allen. I, that's the one thing I said on the preseason show. I need his completion percentage to be better, especially up there in Windy Orchard Park. And dude, it's I think it's a shade under 70%. It went up 10%. 10% this year. That's unheard of. Yeah, he's been fantastic this year. I he probably he, he'll probably finish third in MVP voting. Like I he he's been awesome this year. That dude's got an absolute cannon strapped to his shoulder. Like he's got such a good arm. The defense there is it's serviceable at, at times it has its moments and other times they give up 40, but you know, it, I, I like the coaching staff. I think they've got weapons. Stefan Diggs is having essentially what is a career year. And I, I just, Buffalo's got a bright future and, and it's kind of exciting to see that, that someone else is taking the crown from the Patriots and kind of running with it. Oh, 100%. And Josh Allen, uh, incredibly mobile. I don't think he gets enough credit for being, you know, a, a basically a, basically a six, five, uh, 250 pound quarterback who can run probably a four five five. I mean, yep. my only my only criticism with him is that uh, 
Yeah, I, I know you're a big guy and, and I, I know you're fast, but uh, maybe you slide or maybe you run out of bounds uh, more often because, uh, you know, you don't really want to take too many hits. Ask Cam Newton how that works out for you. But yeah. this team, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in the playoffs. But, uh, man, I, I love the direction of this team. Sean McDermott is a fucking genius. And uh, there, there's really not – there might not be, like, elite players at every position, but there's not exactly a, like, glaring weakness on this team. It's a pretty well-constructed roster. Agreed. All right. Uh, where okay. do you want to go? Let's go to the AFC North. Uh, let me try to pull up the uh, the old preseason predictions. All right, so we had – oh, computer just had an aneurysm. All right, well, that's cool. Um, we had Pittsburgh going 12-4. and four. Uh, I had them going 10-6. and six. You had them going 9-7. and seven. Uh, We had uh, Baltimore going 11-5. and five. I had them going 13-3. and three. You had them going 15-1. Uh. and one. Uh, I, I told you at the time that was a high that was a high mark. Uh, Cleveland, believe land, went eleven and five. We both had them at eight and eight, and we, we were pretty spot on with Cincy four eleven and one. I had them five and eleven. You had them four and twelve. So we we split the difference on wins and losses because of the because of the yep. old, uh, tie there. But uh, what do you what do you make of the FC North? Very surprising. I I, I knew Cleveland was going to be, you know getting them to 500 was never uh, a given. Like if you look at the history of Cleveland, obviously it's been a dumpster fire for a while, but like even the roster, like, you know, questions about Baker Mayfield and like, what is, what is, what are the weapons going to look like and whatever and coaching staff and Stefanski and all that stuff. But, you know, I thought eight and eight, that'd be a good record. And like, they, you know, they're kind of competitive and maybe in a couple of years, they, they continue to grow and eventually take over the AFC North, but they came out, you know, 11 and five guns blazing, kind of a dynamic running attack and, you know, we're going to chew clock and our defensive line will get after it. It's almost like a Mike Zimmer style that actually worked, which is kind of weird <laughs> to go back to Zimmer again, but like it kind of is true. Like they, they were a run heavy team, a lot of play action, you know, take a couple of shots here, play good defense. And that recipe worked for them 11 and five. I'm happy to see them have success. And I think it's about time. The Browns are actually a good team. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Stefanski in his first year, people ripped the Browns for hiring Stefanski. I knew that. I knew it was I knew it was going to be a good hire because he was with the Vikings for 16 years through three different regime changes. And he coached every position. He was a quarterback coach, a running back coach, a wide receiver coach, a tight end coach. He didn't coach the O-line, but he he, I mean, could you imagine the, the knowledge you would have to like learn and transfer from going like, yeah, hey, uh, we, we fired our running back coach, so we know you're not the running back guy, but uh, now you're the running back's coach. And, uh, I, man, the, never would have happened, but the Vikings should have fired Zimmer and just hired Stefanski because this guy, uh, man, if you can do that in Cleveland, that's insane. I was actually for that. I actually want that to happen. Fire Zimmer and, and get Stefanski, get some fresh blood in there, get some younger younger ideas. and I think that would have been a good choice, and now it's – the Vikings are kind of stuck. Clearly on year one, it worked out. And then Baker in year three. So he had the really good rookie season. Uh, he turned over the ball over a little too much in, in year one. Year two was a disaster. And I said going into this year, like, which one are we going to get? Are we going to get good or bad? And that's really going to determine the rest of his career because year three is yep. a pretty important year. Uh, he didn't, you know, it's not like he blew anybody's fucking socks off and 96 passer rating, but, you know, he cut down on the turnovers, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Not bad. He's not necessarily going to win you a, a game, 
but I, th- I think he's a good fit for that system uh, that you were just describing. And uh, man, I got to be honest. I mean, cause this is my AFC team. You know, my eyes might've got a little watery cause I, you know, 18 years, this team was not in the playoffs and I'm sure over the next few days, you're going to hear this a lot. And it's, it's to a smaller scale than what I'm going to, what I'm going to say, because obviously this is legendary, but it's kind of like, you know, when the Cubs won the world series and uh, you know, you'd, you'd be like, yeah, man, that means so much to me because my, uh, my granddad was such a big uh, Cubs fan, you know, and he was born in 1920 and he lived, uh, you know, 90 years and man, he, he never saw them win one, you know, but uh, uh, he, he never, he never stopped believing. And then, you know, uh, they finally win one. So I know that my granddad is, is happy. Like, you know, sports, yep. sports, obviously there's, there's more important things in the world, but it really is, you know, intertwined with the cultural fabric of this country. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion. So I, I can't even imagine how, you know, someone in Cleveland would, would feel because man, unless you're like 50, you don't remember well, the quote unquote glory days. They still didn't win yep. shit back Otto in the 80s and, and 90s Brown and all that. Yeah. Yeah. With like Bernie Kosar and, 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 uh, stuff like that but like that's a really big deal like they lifted the curse yeah they've been good and it, it's exciting to see and you know the afc north is kind of interesting it's like what happens like does does pittsburgh eventually fall off you know what happens in baltimore because like it doesn't look like they've gotten any better obviously the record doesn't show that you know it's like it could be i don't want to jump you know i don't want to jump shark here but like it could be their division eventually and i i, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think the Steelers are are paper tigers. I mean, I th- I think they really proved it the last you know third of the season where they're getting 100%. fucking worked by Washington and you know <laughs> worked by the Bengals. Like they do, they're getting smoked by pretty much everyone. It was after you know like it was right when the sixteen and O stocks sixteen and O talk started to be you know it started to make national news. And like, <laughs> will this team do it? It's like the wheels fell off of that team, dude. They were Reagan, giving Reagan, up. They they finished the season one in four. <laughs> Dude, they were getting boat raced by bad teams. I, like I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I don't have much faith in Big Ben. Juju without AB is just a, he's just an average. He's a good receiver. Like he's not he's not the star that he thought he was. Like I, oh, he, he's, he's, he's a star. He's just a TikTok star, Mister Corvette, okay, Corvette boy. He's a social media star. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a social media influencer. Yeah. That's just, yeah, you talk about the Bears having a, a a gaping shotgun wound just crawling into the playoffs. I mean, the Steelers aren't really that far ahead of them. You're not wrong. Their record just looks better. But man, that team, I I it, I have never seen a team collapse like that after starting so dominantly and for uh, so long. You know what honest, I mean? Like through yeah. like eight games, like oh my god, is Pittsburgh like is is Pittsburgh the best team in the last ten years? Or you know, like people were freaking out. And then they just came back to earth and like in meteorite form crashed into the ground and just never, they just like, it was just so bad, dude. It was, I I don't get it, but I kind of feel the same way about Baltimore, not necessarily about a collapse, but like what is going on in Baltimore? Lamar Jackson has been significantly worse this year. I don't know if it's obviously you can't expect him to play as an MVP every year, but like, I don't know what's going on with, with Baltimore either. Yeah. And, and just the last thing on Pittsburgh, now that I'm looking at their schedule, dude, I don't even, obviously they were good, but like, okay, here's their schedule. They beat the giants, bad team, beat the Broncos, not a good team, beat Houston, not a good team, beat Philly, not a good team. 
You beat the Browns. Okay, I'll give you one. You beat the Titans and the Ravens. Okay. I mean, not elite teams, but those are good teams. You beat yep. the Cowboys, bad team. You beat the Bengals, bad team. Jaguars, bad team. And then the Ravens again. So it's like, ah, oh, like six of those, six or seven of those first 11 wins were against fucking teams that are picking in the top seven. Yeah, there's like three good wins there. A couple of Baltimore and a Cleveland. And that's pretty much it. I, Reagan, you know what? I think we're correct. I, I, I think, you know, us picking them 10 and 6 and 9 and 7, I think that, I think that's what their true record is. You know what I mean? They're, I, just, I actually, they're a 9 and 7 team. Yeah, I feel like they they won games. Man, they just – that really is, now that you said it, that is an impressively easy schedule. <laughs> that's really easy. Like that's – that's it's shockingly simple. I don't yeah, know. They, they played that's, They played nobody's. I mean, I don't know statistically – if they have the lowest, you know, opponent win percentage or whatever, but like yeah. that's r- like really easy. The Vikings could have gone twelve and four with that. Well, maybe, maybe not twelve and four, but you know, what have made the playoffs? Won, they could have won 10, ten games. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so what, what? What are your thoughts on Baltimore? I don't really have any strong ones. They're not really. I don't. I don't think they're serious contenders. I mean, th- so what? What concerns me is that. They're noticeably worse in the regular season. Well, they're known the last couple of years for not translating Playoff that points. regular season success into the postseason. So they're the what, Houston Rockets. Yeah. So what are they translating this year? I mean, I don't know, man. They could lose their first game. I, I don't. I don't. Do it. I agree. Um. All right. Uh, we can pick up the pace here in the AFC South. Uh, this was a real tough one to pick. None of our picks were really uh, super awesome here. Uh, we had the Titans going 11 and five. I had them at nine and seven. You had that at eight and eight. Uh, the Colts went 11 and five. I said they'd go seven and nine. You said nine and seven. Uh, we were way off with Houston. They went four and 12, gave the third pick to Miami. Uh, we both said they'd go nine and seven. I think, I think our exact reasoning was just because of Deshaun Watson. And yep. then here with the Jaguars, they went 11 and 15. No, no, one and fifteen. Jesus, one and fifteen. I said they'd go two and fourteen. You said they'd go three and thirteen. This is just kind of a blase division in my mind. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I don't have a lot to say in any of these teams. Like Tennessee and Indianapolis, like okay, I guess they're good. But I, I really thought this division that for the top three teams was just going to be kind of like we predicted it: eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe a seven and nine team. Like I, I, I Houston, talk about falling off a cliff. I mean that. Deshaun Watson, he's got to get out of there, man. Like the, the the everything in Houston is a complete shipwreck. Like I feel bad for him. I feel bad for JJ Watt, but that is that team is not the future, and it's it's honestly disappointing. Dude, they they traded Hopkins for a fourth round pick and David Johnson. They they traded for Laramie so Tunsil, bad. two first round picks. One of them ends up being the third overall pick, where you could have just drafted Penny Sewell. And you ended up paying him fucking quarterback money to be your left tackle. I mean, that team is so bad. And it's kind of weird that there's two playoff teams from the South. I mean, I would have figured, you know, and we'll get to this division next, probably actually rather quickly. But, um, like, you know, we were really high on the AFC West. I'm surprised that the Raiders, you know, they were three wins behind. I guess that's what happens when you beat up on bad teams in a bad division. But I'm really surprised. I would have figured just the division winner would get in from the South. But... I think every team that made the playoffs from the South, well, every team, the Titans and the Colts, I think they're pretenders. They're just there to get beat in, in round one. I don't see them as legitimate uh, legitimate teams. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm pretty much good on the AFC South. I just I don't have a lot to say about them. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say either. Um, let's move on here to the AFC West. Okay, I lost it for a second, but don't worry, we found it. Um, so the Kansas City Chiefs win the division. They go 14 and two. Uh, I said they'd go 12 and four. You said 13 and three. It's pretty standard. Uh, Vegas went eight and eight. I said they'd go seven and nine. You said they'd go six and ten. The Chargers went seven and nine. I said they'd go six and ten. So did you. And then we were our biggest misses came here with the Broncos. They went five and eleven. I said they'd go nine and seven. So I probably thought they'd make a wild card push. Well, I suppose a wild card would be ten and six as well uh, for you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was really I was really thinking that there would be at least one or two of those bottom three teams would would you know make a make a push and you know all three of those bottom teams had their moments but it just wasn't sustained enough to you know be in the playoff discussion yeah you know vegas is what vegas is and i don't have much to say about denver i was just wrong about that team but honestly the chargers are that's the team moving forward that i would look to not necessarily compete with kansas city because kansas city is you know they're probably going to win the afc west for the next 10 years as long as patrick mahomes doesn't get injured but I think the Chargers, especially next year, are going to have the best shot to kind of unseat them. I don't see Vegas moving forward. I don't know about Denver. It's just kind of a mess right now. But the Chargers, you know, you got a, you got a young rookie quarterback who's on a cheap deal. He's obviously shown this year that he's he's pretty much the future of the franchise. He's a good player. You know, the defense isn't that bad. I, I feel like the Chargers have a good shot to take a, a nice step next year and, and maybe not compete with Kansas City, but kind of try and give them a run for their money. Yeah, well, Justin Herbert just had the best uh, rookie season ever for a quarterback. I mean, I think Baker threw 28 touchdowns, Herbert threw 31, 10 interceptions, uh, a quarterback rating of 98, uh, 66% completion percentage. Like, I was way wrong about Justin Herbert. I did not see him uh, being that good coming out of Oregon. But, like, ah, he's, like – He's one of the premier young quarterbacks in the league after after just one year. There's no there's no question to that. Hundred percent, Herbert. Like, you know, like coming out of Oregon, like a lot of people didn't have him very high on the draft board, and like whatever, he was just going to be kind of this midland guy that you know at best maybe he turns into a league average quarterback, and you know it helps the franchise try and make the playoffs or whatever. But you know that that was pretty much the consensus, not only for just national talkers, but like legitimate scouts were like, we just don't see it, and. You know, to come out and, and kind of light the league on fire, and I don't want to get, you know, too down the road here about potential awards or whatever for, for what we talk about later, but that guy has been fantastic, and I, I think the Chargers have a bright future, and it's just, for me, it's unfortunate it's happening in L.A. because I feel like San Diego deserves that after all the shit that they went through with, with the moving franchise and, and just kind of abandoning that fan base. Oh, yeah. You know how many people in L.A. care that the Chargers are promising? Uh, probably like four. Yeah, I was going to say like five people. <laughs> like, oh, man. No, like there's so many good teams in L.A. And the Chargers just, especially being new, like like I get you don't want to stay in San Diego or whatever, but L.A. was, that's not the move. It, or it, it wouldn't have been for me. Absolutely not. And they have had the best jerseys in the league for a long time. All those Sick new jerseys. jerseys, all those new jerseys that they have, oh, my God, are those beautiful. If only yep. the fans cared. I want those baby blues from like 2005 to come back. Oh man, pick in, they've never had a bad jersey. Dude, Ever. it's 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 honestly it, it really it truly is one of the all-time 
cult like color scheme and jersey franchises in all of the four major men's sports. And and I think we take jerseys for granted because look at how many dog shit jerseys are out there, Don't man. Bad. The the created jersey. I get it was I get I understand the circumstance, but look at the Washington football team. Those were probably created, you know, within ten minutes. I mean, the the Rams are ugly. They're they're soccer uniforms. The Vikings, like they fucked up from their the the like twenty ten iteration of the jersey. Yep. I mean, like there's there's no shortage. The Bengals jerseys are disgusting. Like most of the league has bad jerseys, but so it's it's actually really impressive to come up with something that you know stands the test of time. And then also also you know, like paying homage to previous jerseys, but modernize modernizing them in a way that doesn't just you know spit in the face of you know what what your logo has been and what the jersey design has been historically yeah it's chargers have they have some goaded uniforms so you know they're on the up and up and i think they'll be exciting to watch for the next couple years i agree um all right so we've gone division by division uh real quickly here i'd like to go through some of the uh awards i think we're probably going to agree on every single one um, yep. so I, I, I actually think you can, we can give our reasons for, for obviously picking, uh, who we think wins the award, but I almost think it's almost, it's almost more interesting to talk about like the runner ups because it's, it's so obvious who won it. But, uh, uh, obviously we do want to talk about who won it. So, uh, I'll let you start here and we'll start with the 2020 NFL MVP who wins that award for you. Gotta be Aaron Rodgers. You look at Aaron Rodgers, number one seed in the NFC. 51 total touchdowns uh, this season, five interceptions. Uh, I think he had 48 passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. You know, I think he had 4,400 yards in the 70s for for completion percentage. I mean, just on an absolute tear, bringing the backers back from, you know, last year it was like, is Rodgers cooked? Is he done? Like, and he comes back this year with a pretty obvious MVP campaign, in my opinion. 13 and three record. You know, I doing it all, like you said earlier when we were talking about the Packers bringing guys that, you know, MVS on another team probably wouldn't see the field in green Bay. You know, he's making big time plays. Obviously he makes big mistakes as well, but you know, he's, he's a deep threat and Devonte Adams literally this year had the best Packer receiving best season for a Packers receiver in the history of the Packers franchise. So, you know, things that Aaron Rodgers did this year, um, the leader he is and, and, and what he did for the team, I think can't be, understated and I, th- I think it's a clear MVP campaign yeah 100% for everything you just said I have nothing to add to that it's obviously Aaron Rodgers uh, I'd be floored if he if he didn't get in um, here's why the eye test matters so obviously you can put up 121 passer rating and like you don't exactly need the eye test for that like that's obviously exceptional um, yep. but when but when you when you watch the games it's it's just as impressive on the field and, and it's you know on the field manifestation as it is, you know, on a, on a sheet of paper. Um, Absolutely. Here's why, you know, quarterback rating is a little bullshit Why you need the eye test. Uh, we have Drew Brees who has uh, the sixth highest passer rating in the league. And Kirk Cousins has the eighth highest passer rating in the league, which I'm sure I will hear all off season about why he's such a great quarterback, even though yep. we're seven and nine. So how does, where's the disconnect there? Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably number two, but I, I don't really want to talk about that because obviously he's a great player. But for me, the, the interesting thing with the MVP, and I want him to be an MVP candidate. He shouldn't win it, but he deserves the respect of, of being in consideration is Josh Allen. I mean, you talk about a 24-year-old, quarter, 24-year-old quarterback. I know we talked about him 
just a, a few minutes ago, but the the improvement he made in his game is insane. 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's an awesome ratio. 69% completion percentage. He's only a few uh, points lower than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a 107 passer rating. And he also rushed for five touchdowns. I mean, obviously bringing in Stephon Diggs is, is uh, you know, that can't be understated how important that is for his success. But like, dude, he's also doing it. I get Diggs is a big part of it. Um, you know, but every quarter, you know, every Rogers has their Devonte Adams. Um, and, and you can discuss, well, how much of Rogers, uh, you know, makes Adams the, the, the great wide receiver he is and vice versa. You can do that for every quarterback and wide receiver relation, but he's also doing it with like Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley. And, you know, it's not like they have. Yeah insane players on that offense so you know big respect to josh allen yeah i agree i think he'll finish third in mvp voting obviously Mahomes is going to get second but yeah josh allen man he's really just he's come onto the scene and, and made it known that he's going to be one of the basically the five best quarterbacks in the game for a long time to come and like we were talking about earlier with buffalo i mean it's exciting to watch and seeing the bills be good again is fun and you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Josh Allen because he seems like a good dude and a, and a really good player. So I, I could see him potentially competing for MVP a couple more years in the future. I mean, like he's got that kind of talent. And, uh, you know, obviously Rodgers doesn't have that much time left, but it could be, you know, Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes competing for it. And I think that would be exciting as well. Yeah, it could be like the Colts and the Patriots every single year yeah. in the championship game. And the, the big thing, I, I think Buffalo – is the best fan base in, in the league. I mean, they're insane. They throw dildos on fields and fucking flaming eat. tables. Yeah. Jump through flaming tables. And, you know, at least twice a year, there's always footage of someone getting their ass eaten in a, in a wide open parking lot in <laughs> Buffalo. So they're just, they're on another level, man. They're basically Canadians, but a pro- more props to the bills because that 2018 draft class, there, there were five, first round quarterbacks and obviously they picked what uh the third quarterback but but props to them for not because they traded up they were at like pick 12 and went to pick seven props for not falling for the you know not drafting and lamar's a great player but i think Allen's better you know there were several opportunities for them to pick the wrong quarterback and they got their guy and their guy i think without a doubt is the best quarterback from that draft class yeah i think like he's yeah obviously lamar is an mvp but i think you know, Josh Allen is definitely more sustainable. I think that's that's more of a winning recipe than Lamar Jackson is. Um, especially like if you were to get down in a game with Lamar, you know, you get down 14 points on playoff game, the game's over because you know it's it's his legs is is the weapon. Whereas with with Josh Allen, that dude can launch one 75 yards through the air and drop it on a dime and you know get you right back into a game. So I feel like you know it, it's a great selection by Buffalo and they've got a bright future and. uh Josh Allen, I I really do think he has a chance to win MVP in the next couple of years. I I don't think that's that's a crazy take. One hundred percent. And then just very very quickly because he doesn't deserve to win the MVP. I just want to mention it, dude. Derrick Henry has had the quietest two thousand yard rushing season dude. I've ever seen. People just seem dude, to forget I saw about that. that. I, I was watching the Packer game yesterday, and you know I was just surfing Twitter or whatever, and you know people people started tweeting Derrick Henry two K, Derrick Henry two K, a hundred some yards or whatever it was, like one hundred and fifty yards from Eric Dickerson's record. And I was like, oh my god, like that that dude, um, like the Packers held him to like what was it ninety yards, eighty some yards. Like imagine if he would have had a Derrick Henry game against the Packers, gone for two hundred, he could have broke the single season rushing record. Yeah. yeah. Right, like, like it's insane to think about because when did Eric Dickerson set that record? Like the eighties? 
yeah, you know, like eighty-five like, like, or something. Like this, yeah, like this is not a record that is. That it's not like the passing touchdown record, which is just going to get broken and broken and broken and whatever. Reagan, the the average running back gets like two hundred carries. We know how how overused Cook was, and he had three hundred twelve carries. Derrick Henry had three hundred and seventy eight carries <laughs> this season, dude. That's so okay. I, I pulled up the list on Pro Football Reference. So Eric Dickerson, 2,105 yards in 1984. 2020 Derrick Henry is fifth for all-time single-season rushing, 2,027 yards behind Barry Sanders in 97, Jamal Lewis in 2003, and AP in 2012. Yeah, and the 250 yards he ran for, uh, dude, that's like 46 yards off the record that AP set. Like that has to be like a top 10 all-time rushing performance. Yeah, it's what what a what a guy! I mean, it's uh, you know he he genuinely does deserve MVP conversation. Like, there's I I don't see any problem with that. Oh, Reagan, and it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Derrick Henry! Happy birthday to Derrick Henry! You love to see it. Did you know that his nickname is Tractor Cito? No, that's what Pro Football no. Reference is telling me. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's I've a bad one. I've literally never heard that used, but I'll 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 take it at face value. Tractor Cito, that can't be real. Am I getting the wool pulled over my head here? I do. What's going on? I, I have no idea. All right. Yeah, so MV, so MVP is pretty obvious. Consensus is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to get his third. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, very quickly here, we can go through the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. I don't even have a list open for defensive rookie of the year, but it has to be it. Chase Young, correct? 100%. has to be Chase Young. Dude's – one of the big reasons why Washington is in the playoffs and is seven and nine. And like we talked about Ron Rivera earlier, but you know, Chase Young, he's transformed that defensive line and he's been, you know, even in his rookie year, it's, he's been dominant and it's, it's going to be fun to watch him for a long time to come. hundred percent agree. And then uh, quickly here for the offensive rookie of the year, uh, Justin Jefferson had an awesome, awesome year. He, he finished like, I think his stats I think he's like a top six wide receiver stats wise as a yeah. rookie. So I, th- I think he deserves some consideration, but it has to be Herbert quarterback. Listen, you're going to hear a lot of people saying Je- Justin Jefferson had the better season at his position, which is, I think is undeniably true, but quarterback's so much more important. And he set the, the single season rookie record for touchdowns. I mean, that, Think of all the great rookie quarterbacks that we've had that have turned into franchise quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck's rookie year, Baker Mayfield's rookie year. I mean, there's, to, to, to be the guy who has that record th- that you have to win rookie of the year in my mind. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's, you know, JJ's doing his thing and he's been fantastic and, you know, he's breaking records that literally Randy Moss set, which is, you know, if you're in Randy Moss company in terms of wide receivers, you're, you're in a pretty special class and it's going to be fun to watch him. I got, God, I wish he was in green Bay, but you know, it's the, honestly the getting the privilege to watch him twice a year for probably the next, what, 10 to 15 years is going to be, awesome and i love that guy he seems like a good dude plus the gritty is kind of funny to watch when kirk isn't doing it i need to put that caveat on there when kirk isn't doing it um but i agree it's it, herbert has to get it i mean what he did at the quarterback position what he did for that Chargers team and i think what he's going to do moving forward just breaking all the records is is going to be exciting to watch and he he, he clearly is a special player 100 percent all right, Reagan, we've we've finally arrived here at the best part of the show, which is hard to believe because, you know, the entire show is just, you know, elite, elite segment after elite segment. Absolutely. But we are at the 
playoff prediction portion of the uh, equation here. Um, so I suppose we'll start with the NFC because, you know, we're NFC guys, you know what I mean? Not like those AFC sissies, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're the, we're the tough NFC guys. Um, so obviously the Packers got the number one seed. They got the buy. They do not play, uh, in the wild card. Um, and I gotta say, I said this before the show, I love, I think they should keep this, this format. I, I actually kind of love it, putting the extra team in there and making the buy a more valuable thing. I think it just makes for better TV and, and, uh, you know, a, a better uh, postseason. Um, yep, I think so too. But we'll we'll start here. <clears throat> excuse me. We'll start here with the number two seed New Orleans Saints hosting the Chicago Bears, uh, and we'll we'll go through. We'll get uh, record predictions, and fuck it, if you want to throw in a score, uh, that'd be awesome. I guess I'm not requiring it, but uh, let's start here with uh, the Saints and the Bears. What do you think happens? Uh, so for this game, I gotta go. I I have to go Saints, and I know we talked about paper tigers earlier, and. You know, it's I, I don't think they're going to make it super far in the playoffs. But if you want to talk about paper Tigers, let's talk about Chicago sneaking into the play. And I mean, sneaking into the playoffs, like basically stealing a slot. And I mean, just that offense is a dumpster fire. If, if they don't have Montgomery, which he kind of got banged up in that Green Bay game. So you never know what could happen. And that offense is hideous. It's horrific. I don't have any faith in Mitch Trubisky. Not that I have a ton of faith in Drew Brees because I think he's kind of getting cooked and he's older or whatever, but, man, I trust Drew Brees a hell of a lot more than I trust Mitch Trubisky. I don't know that Matt Nagy's that good of a coach. That defense isn't what it used to be. I, I'm i out on Chicago, so I'll take New Orleans. I'm, I would say something like – I think it would be something like maybe 20, 28 to 17, New Orleans. All right, duly noted. Um, I'm obviously picking the Saints – I mean, for everything you just said, the Bears limped. I mean, they have two broken legs. They need to be put down, and 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 you know, <laughs> the the Saints are going to be the one to put them down. Now, the interesting thing here is we don't know that Alvin Kamara is going to play. So I think this game actually, like, I think Alvin Kamara is literally the only reason I would pick the Saints. I, I would. It's like fifty-one percent. I'd pick the Saints if Kamara wasn't playing. Like, can you imagine? That's going to be by far the worst wild card game if if Camara doesn't play because I think Agreed. not that Camara would run all over the the Bears because I mean they they have some pieces on defense obviously but man that becomes a real gross game but I'm gonna say so I'm gonna go under the assumption that Camara doesn't play and I'm gonna go God like 21 17 like it's just a gross disgusting low scoring yep. game where the the Saints barely get barely get past them yeah, I feel that. Uh, so then they would move on. So that would, so that would basically mean it would be Bears Packers after that because they'd be the lowest remaining seat. Or, or no, I. Oh, what am I thinking? So Saints would move on, and then okay. Yep. So, so then you want to we'll, go, C- go Seahawks Rams next? Yep. Yep. Let's go Seahawks and Rams. Obviously, the Seahawks would be hosting uh, that one. Um, yep. who, who do you have one in this? I don't know if it's a hot take. I'm taking Rams in this. I'm taking Rams in this because I have, dude. Seattle has struck. They were down 16 to six. They had kicked two field goals through like the first, whatever, 55 minutes of the game against San Francisco yesterday, dude, their offense has not been good for like five weeks. Their defense. I know the numbers, everyone's saying, well, the numbers in the last five weeks, they've been better. Look at who they've played. It's been dumpster fire team after dumpster fire team. I, I think Seattle's worse now than they were, 10 weeks ago 
I think that Rams defense, the Seahawks offensive line isn't that good. You look at the Rams defensive line and what Aaron Donald is going to do, that defense, you know, you look at Jalen Ramsey, man, I I think the Rams go into Seattle and I think they win that game. I don't think it'd be a high-scoring affair. I'd say maybe like 20 to 14 or something like that. Interesting. Uh, props I'm to out you. Yeah. Yeah, you you almost you almost sold me on the Rams. But then I remembered that the Seahawks have Russ. And oh, yeah. I just I just can't, man. I don't even if Goff plays, I mean, you want Goff to play cuz I, I don't no. think Walford, I don't think you want him starting a fucking playoff. I think game. I think I think Goff will play. Yeah. But he's getting he's going to be banged up. Um and I, I don't think he's that good anyway. That is true. That offensive line is going to get worked. But there, Russ just has that X factor, man. I mean, you as a Packers fan know that better than anyone. I mean, he yeah. could, and I think he will have a bad day through through uh, three quarters. Like it's not, but but when it comes crunch time, I I think he's gonna he's gonna put in the work on that Seahawks defense. He's gonna throw it to uh, decaffeinated Metcalf, and uh, you know I, I like Chris Carson as a, as a running back. And I agree, the, the defense is way overrated. I don't care if the stats say, but Adams is a good player. Uh, whatever the Griffin brother, I forget because they have the exact same name. Yep. But the, the cornerback, Shaquem, yeah, yeah, he he's good. So you know, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to pass the ball. I mean, I actually do like the Rams' running game a lot. I don't know if Acres is going to play because uh, I think he tested positive for COVID in Week 17. But I'm assuming he'll probably uh, you know pass it. Not I, I like Daryl Henderson as well, and I like uh, that. Uh, is it Malcolm Brown or whatever? I yep. really I like the the Rams running game. They have like three different packs that they put in in different situations. But I just I can't pick against Russ because I just yeah. don't think the Rams are 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 that good. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say it is a low scoring game. I'm gonna go twenty three to sixteen. Dude, I'm tell I'm telling you the Rams are gonna win this game. Seattle's not been good the last several weeks. If if Seattle does what they did against San Francisco. Literally yesterday, they will be down a hell of a lot more than 10 points. The Seattle defense is not that good. The rushing attack and the offensive scheming for for the, the L.A. Rams, I have faith in Sean McVay. I know we're not asking Goff for 400 yards and four touchdowns. We're, we're like, can you get us to 210 and, and a touchdown or two, and we'll let the running game do the rest. I so what? The, so what you're saying is that we want we want Goff to be more like uh, a Skywalker, not Solo. Hundred percent. Goff is a Skywalker, not a Solo. Genius. <laughs> oh my uh, god! All the yeah, nobody gets that reference other, no, than, other than us. Well, at least we didn't pick the Vikings to win 14 games. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> And then once they go zero and five, we pick them to go like one and fifteen because we overreact yeah. the other way. Yeah, once extremely they go, once incorrectly. They one and, once they go one and five, uh, it, the prediction changes to three and thirteen. <laughs> oh man, was dead wrong on both of them on both ends. I mean, could not be more wrong. It's all those Corona hard seltzers. No oh, man, they, they're not a sponsor here, homie. I'll, they'll never be a sponsor here. So you, you know, <laughs> we can we we can talk all all we want about uh, yeah hard seltzers. Good God. Um, I would like to be employed at some point, so we'll, we'll, we'll pass that. Um, final game here during wildcard weekend is going to be uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to take on the Washington football team. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent on this game, so convince me uh, one way or the other. I'm going to go Buccaneers, which I know probably isn't the exciting pick, but I, I think they've got too many weapons. The defense has too much potential, and I know they – 
I know they haven't lived up to it in the last couple of weeks, but I, I just, I don't think what the defense for Washington is not the problem. It's the offense. I don't think they have enough firepower. Like if, if the Buccaneers even go up 14 points, the game is over. Like, I, I just don't, it's kind of the same argument we used earlier when talking about Tampa Bay, when they get behind, like if Washington was to go up to 10, 14 points, the game would be over as well. I just think Tampa has a better shot to get out early score quickly, you know, bust a long run, you know, if it's Jones or if, you know, he hit Mike Evans over the top or something happens like that. I, I think the Buccaneers have a better chance to strike first. And I feel like both of these teams are a play from a head team, um, especially with those defensive lines on each side. So I'm going to say Buccaneers. I, I, I don't think it would be that high scoring. I would go something like 24 to 17 in favor of Tampa. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah. Uh, my heart wants me to pick Washington, but I just know me that's too. absolutely incorrect. Um, I, I think everything you said is so right. These are these are two front-running teams. They are not built. It, it actually would be interesting. So I'm full discretion. I'm picking Tampa, but it would be very interesting to see Washington take like a ten nothing lead. I think um, so too. I I think it's going to be. I actually think it's going to be twenty-seven to six because I just think that offense is so inept, and that's actually a pretty good defense. You're not going to pass on them because Jamel Dean and and some of those corners, Carlton Davis, are actually pretty good. Uh, Devin White is going to feast on that defense, and, and, and the defensive line is probably not as good as Washington's. I think that will give Tom Brady fits, uh, and the run game is going to have no success against Washington. Um, but, man, there's just too many passing weapons for, for Tampa Bay, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just think, man <laughs> – they're a great story. We talked about them, but this is the playoffs, man. This is not where seven and nine teams in a, in a bad division win yep. games. And I th- and I, the reason I gave credit to what not even necessarily Washington's offense for scoring seventeen points in my prediction, it's more of the field position they'll get because of the dominating defensive line. We've seen we've seen Tampa move backwards and backwards. You know, three sacks and out, and then suddenly it's fourth and twenty eight, and, and and you know the other team has the ball at you know, the Tampa 40. So I feel like they could maybe force a turnover. You get a pit, you force a fumble or, you know, a strip sack or something like that. I think they'll get some cheap points because of their defense. And then maybe the offense scores seven or 10 points. Okay. That's fair. And I want to be very clear when I say 27 to six, I know that sounds like a blowout. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think Tampa Bay just gets to an early lead and then they just kind of get a couple bullshit field goals throughout the rest of the game. I don't think it'll feel like a blowout. It'll feel like Washington is just struggling to start that dead cold engine on offense and Tampa Bay scores 27. I don't think it'll be a blowout, even though I suppose that's technically a blowout. All right, let's move on. You want to do first round for AFC next or do you want to finish off the... Nope. Well, yeah, we'll do we'll do first round uh, for AFC. Okay. Um, okay. So the Chiefs obviously got the bye. By far the best team in in the AFC, which seems to be a lot deeper than the NFC. So we'll start here with the number two seed Buffalo Bills. They'll be hosting a home playoff game, which I can only imagine how fun that's going to be for the city of Buffalo against the yep. seven seed Indianapolis Colts. So give me your prediction, sir. This right here. You know, people think, well, the Colts had a decent year. Phillip Rivers, you know, they got a, the run game's all right with Jonathan Taylor. The coaching staff's fine. The defense, whatever. I'm telling you right now, this will be a bloodbath. This will be an absolute blood in favor of the Bills. I think it's going to be something like 35 to 17 in favor of the Bills. I, I don't think Indianapolis can compete. I, they're definitely not a play from behind team. I think the Bills are going to front run. I think they're going to get out early, and I think Josh Allen's going to do some special stuff. Diggs is going to have himself a game. I think the defense will be okay. 
And uh, I, I really don't think it'll ever be close. Yeah, I, I agree. If you go position by position over these rosters, there is not a single position where Indy has the advantage. I, I really mean that. Some of the gaps are closer than others, but they, and dude, they essentially played a playoff team last week who was trying to get into the playoffs in Miami. I understand it wasn't Fitz, it was Tua, but they just blew them out. I think they beat them. I think they beat them 49 to 20. I think that, man, they just, they beat them early and they beat them often. And Indy just stumbles into 20 points because they're just going to be throwing the ball all day. Yeah. I cannot envision Phillip Rivers going into the cold up there in upstate New York and have, even having a chance at beating the Bills. I just don't see it. Couldn't agree more. All right. Now, here's an interesting one, Reagan Hooverman. We have the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as the number three seed. They'll be hosting a home playoff game against the Cleveland Browns, who are the number six seed. Obviously, the Browns got a little hot towards the end of the season, and the yep. Steelers limped in at one and four. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this one besides just general grossness? Dog pound, baby. I'm picking yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> I'm picking Cleveland. Yeah. I'm picking the Browns. The six seed's gonna go up to Pittsburgh and pop, pop, throw some fucking haymakers, man. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go up there. They're gonna punch the Steelers in their mouth. I think Big Ben's. I, I don't think he can handle it. That defensive line for the Browns is gonna get after it. Stefanski. I'm in on that guy. I think Baker plays okay. The running game is where it's at. I don't know what the score would be at. I don't think it would be high scoring, so I'm going to go maybe Browns. I'm going to say like I'm going to say like I'm going to say 17-14 Browns. Yeah. All right, this is where I thought we were going to be a little different, but I oh man, Cleveland, believe land. You better believe, believe they're going to go into Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and they're going to beat the Steelers. <laughs> They are paper tigers. They are paper shrimps. They're nothing. The Browns, first time in the playoffs in 18 years, they got nothing to lose. They got Baker, who's on fucking the front of GQ. You know what I mean? They got they got the juice. Aggressive commercials. They got the juice. Yeah, they're going up against TikTok stars. You know, Corvette, Corvette boy. They're going. They're going up against people who get into motorcycle accidents and other off the field stuff. I can't mention and, and you know social media influencers. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna say the score. I say they beat them. 19 to 16 and I don't even know how that happens it's just going to be one of those games it's gonna where be there's, that a, there's a safety there's you know the, the defense is winning the game you know they're gonna they're gonna shake field goals there's missed PATs oh there's is every a little bit of everything but at the end of the day when the dust settles the Cleveland Browns will win this one over the Steelers we're in lockstep so far hell yeah hell yeah um so let's uh Let's go to the, the next one here, the final AFC wildcard matchup. It's going to be the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to take on the Tennessee Titans. Who wins this one? I have the Titans in this one. I, I, I know Lamar Jackson. I know he's dynamic, and I know that Baltimore defense is – they've got playmakers and whatever. But, man, I just – I think the formula is set up to win for, for Tennessee. They're going to control time of possession. They're going to win at the line of scrimmage. After that, they're going to play with a lead. I, I just, they're going to force Lamar to throw. His legs will become a non-factor. I just feel like, I feel like Tennessee, you know, we saw it last year. I think Tennessee has the recipe to beat Baltimore, and I think they're going to do it again. And, and I, it might become a bit of a rivalry. These teams seeming to match up quite a bit. I'm going to say Titans. Eh, let's go. 
Let's go 24 to 17. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, dude, we are in complete lockstep here. I, I'm, I'm picking Tennessee to win. I, listen, I don't feel strongly that Tennessee's going to win. Like, they're not my fucking lock of the week here. But I agree. With that. I, I yeah. think they beat Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore has regressed. They haven't been able to translate any. Dude, they had like 15 Pro Bowlers last year. How did that? How well did that work for them? I think uh, Lamar, his passing has gotten a lot worse. Obviously, he's still going to, you know, he's fine at running the ball. He's going to do his thing. He's going to have probably two touchdowns and an interception or whatever. But yeah, yeah. of course. But that team's not built to come from behind. Dude, we just saw Derek 2K run for 250 yards. I don't think they can stop him, honestly. And they got a good defensive line. Their defense is, is, you know, it's not anything to be taken lightly. It's a good defense. But, dude, all the focus will be on Derek Henry. And I think, actually – uh, Tannehill will have a pretty good game because there's going to be nine in the box. I mean, you're going to get man-to-man coverage. AJ Brown's probably going to have a great could have a game. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think Tannehill. You know, I don't think he's going to you know dominate the game, but I I think he, I think he'll finish with like you know 280 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns, just because they're trying to you know run commit with Derrick Henry. But yeah, I mean, and and uh, the defense as well. The defense is not bad, and Mike Vrabel is a very coach. underrated coach. That guy 100%. is a defensive genius. I love him. He's, he's a dude. Excellent. Excellent at clock management. Fantastic. Yeah. Like the only coach in the league who no, understands like, clock management. Yeah. Like he's the antithesis to Mike Zimmer. Really Zimmer's getting killed on this podcast, but it, it's true though. I mean, Vrabel's a fantastic head coach and I think they just have that recipe to beat Baltimore. I think they're going to do it again because Tennessee, I don't think they're necessarily worse than last year. Baltimore is clearly worse than they were last year. And and we know what happened in the playoffs last season. So I got Titans again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say like 21 to 17. I, I think the pace of the game is going to be rather slow, you know, just yep. almost entirely from the Titans because they're just, dude, it's just going to be run after run. It wouldn't shock me if Derrick Henry got like, I don't know, 32 carries. Agreed. All right. Uh, where do you want to go? Do you want to keep moving with the AFC or do you want to bounce back to NFC? Let's bounce back to the NFC. So, all right, now I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So, so it would be, it would be, it would be Tampa Packers. Bay taking on the Packers. It would, uh, yes. So it'd be, it would be Pack. Well, for you, for uh, wait, you picked Seattle, right? I did. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah, I you're right. For, you're right. For me, it would be, it would be Rams Packers. Okay, so for you, in your delusional universe, it's going to be the Rams and the Packers. So let's let's go with that one. All right, so I, I'm a, I, I'm taking Green Bay because cheesehead baby, but <laughs> I, I I do think the Packers are a better team than the Rams. This is not a team that I would like to see because that defensive line. I mean, Aaron Donald, my God, especially with Bakhtiari. The only thing that would give me faith is we have a really good center. Lindsley's been fantastic. He's one of the three best centers in the game, and Elton Jenkins is a Pro Bowler. He's probably going to be an All Pro at some point. I mean, he's a fantastic. So the interior, I'm okay with. Um, but, you know, even if the interior is okay, double-teaming Aaron Donald, which you're going to have to do, it's going to free up guys one-on-one on the edge. Billy Turner is now playing left tackle because of the Bakhtiari injury. So I just feel like there's ways for them to get after it. But I know the Packers will score. I don't see any – even if they play the Rams and they're good defense, I don't see any way they score less than 24 points, probably more like 28. And there's no way the Rams can score that much. I, I, Goff is not the answer. The running game – as soon as the Packers go up a couple scores, the running game becomes non-existent because you're going to have to, you're going to be forced to pass. That gives our pass rushers a chance to get after it. Jair's going to put guys on an island. I'm taking Green Bay in this one. I'd say something like 
28 to 17. All right. Yeah, I, I, I could buy it. I'm not going to expound, expound on it too much because that's, that's your pick, and I, I agree yep. entirely. Uh, we'll go to my pick here. So mine would be Tampa Bay coming to Lambeau. And, and this is just one team that's armed with a, a fucking 44 Magnum and another team that's armed with a squirt gun. It, it, it's going to be domination. And you talk about there's, there's a handful of teams. So like Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay that could just put up three touchdowns in, in you know, six minutes. So yep. even if Tampa Bay gets off to a lead early, that is not a lead that – I mean – Theoretically, they could hold on to that lead, but you know that's not a safe lead. I mean, you know, two possess you could be up two possessions, you know, midway through the third quarter. I still wouldn't feel good about the chances for Tampa Bay. I just Absolutely. think, you know, we we talk about Drew Brees being cooked. I don't think Brady's at that level. I still think he's a good quarterback, but he's cooked by Brady standards. Like he is not the Tom Brady of, of three years ago. I just don't yep. see how they win. Honestly, and and this sounds so naive. You know what I mean? Because obviously there's a million different possibilities that could happen. And, you know, there's a lot of parody. But, like, unless Aaron Rodgers gets injured, I legitimately honestly don't understand how Tampa Bay could win this game. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go Green Bay 30, Tampa 17. I just don't really see it as a, a very competitive game. Yeah, I – and the thing is, like, I completely agree with what you're saying. I just think that – Tom Brady, like the biggest recipe for are you going to win a football game is, is turn, did you win the turnover battle? Were you neutral in turnovers? Did you win it or did you lose it? And that's pretty much going to determine a lot of football games. Of course, there's going to be exceptions, but Tom Brady is going to give chances to turn the ball over. We've seen him sail throws. We've seen him be short. He's been off target. There's been games where it's like, oh my God, Tom Brady couldn't hit anybody that game. And if he even makes let's say he makes two of those mistakes and one of them gets picked off. Like let's say you go Jair and you just say it a little bit or something, or, you know, Darnell Savage jumps the route. The Packers offense is so good that it's likely going to turn into seven points. It's not, we're not usually going to stall out, go three and out and have to punt it right back. I just feel, I just feel like there's such a small margin of error for Tampa in that game, especially going up to green Bay. I, it's, I don't see them winning. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, okay, so then in your scenario, and p- please correct me if I'm wrong, but this would be, oh man, what would this be? This would be Tampa Bay would, going at be, the Saints? Yes. Yes, it would be It would be Buccaneers at Saints. Well, that would be a hell of a game. That would be fun to watch. Oh man. I think it would be a turnover. I think it would be turnover central. I think they'd be trading interceptions. Man, in that scenario, I – I guess I. Well, it kind of depends on Alvin Kamara. You'd have to assume he's back by then, but man, this is so tough. I I just feel like I could see scenarios in which both teams win that game. Yeah, like the Saints could get up early, and then Tampa Bay has yeah, no shot of coming I, back. Or I, I guess okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Saints, and I would pick them in a very close game. They have a, they have a good defense, just like Tampa. They have a decent offense, just like Tampa. But I give Sean Payton the edge in coaching way more than I give Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, like they have two completely different philosophies on how to play offense. And I think at some point that's going to be exposed. So I would take Saints in a close game, maybe something like 27 to 24. Yeah, I agree. That would that might be the toughest game to pick all year because it's like, dude, there's so many different both teams are capable of both teams are capable of collapsing. 
which makes it so hard. <laughs> you know, you know what you call Tampa Bay at New Orleans? You call that the dream scenario for the Packers because oh, man, 100%. you're just you're just looking at that game like, dude, I don't care. I just want it doesn't matter. Like yeah. either 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 is going to be an easy dub. Um, so that would yeah yeah okay. So what would it be for you then? So mine would be the Seahawks at the Saints. And uh, you're going to love this one because I'm, I'm going Seattle over the Saints. Uh, I, just, I just, you know, like like we just said, you know, New Orleans, I don't think they're that good of a playoff team. They're a good regular season team. I don't trust Drew Brees. Camaro is going to be tough. That he will, he was going to, no, win or loss, he's, he's going to have his. Run. Yeah. Yep. But I just give, you know, I don't think, I don't think the gap between the Saints defense and the Seahawks defense is as big as people might think. It's it's still a gap and it's still in favor of the Seahawks, but just offensively, hey, Russ can pass the ball and he can pass the ball down the field. Those are two things that that Breeze can't do. Uh, I, I like I like Chris Carson. I mean, what what is your answer for for DK Metcalf? Because it's and you have Marshawn Lattimore, who's a very good corner, but like, are you gonna go one on one? I don't know if you truly want to neutralize him, I think he's going to, you know, take a double coverage. And I've, I'm yeah. honestly, you know, I'd like kind of like the Packers, how they get the most out of their, you know, number seven and number eight wide receivers and turn them into, you know, three, four and fives. Like uh, what is it? Um, Chris Moore, uh, the receiver there, like they, you know, they, yeah. they, they pass the ball around. Like they, they, they have some of those guys you've never heard of who uh, Freddie Swain, you know, the, it, you can't leave those guys open either because the, the pass is going to be completed. So uh, I think Seattle is going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24. That's that, so in your scenario, that sets up an absolutely nightmare situation. <laughs> Seattle and Green Bay NFC Championship. Yes. How did the last one go? Was, did that ever happen before? Oh, God. I've never watched that full game back. It literally Does the name Brandon much. Bostic mean anything to you? It literally hurts too much. That was a soup. We were winning the Super Bowl that year, and no one will tell me otherwise. Okay, so so, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil this. Just but just very quickly talking about this. Okay, so you you see, like, I still think the Packers are a lot better than the Seahawks. Okay, but you you see, like, the Seahawks win this game and it's going to the NFC championship game, you know that the Packers are a better team, but, but what are you feeling? Cause you just know that if Juju's a real thing, that that does not bode well for the Packers. I'm a hundred percent sick. If that happens, I never want to see Seattle in the playoffs. It's, it's just at, at this point, it's nothing rational. We beat them last time. I feel like we we're way better than we were last year. And we still beat them last year. We had, we had archaic Jimmy Graham catching game ceiling passes over the middle like we are so much better than than last year and i we just match up pretty well with them i feel like we you know i'm comfortable with jair on dk metcalf like jair is one of the two best corners in the entire league obviously dk is going to get his but i feel comfortable with that but man there's no reason that they should ever beat us in that game seattle's been bad for like five weeks but i would it's the last team i'd want to see and for no other reason than the history. Yeah, you literally any other NFC team you would rather see. Literally, yes. 100%. All right. So uh, let's go over the wild card, or excuse me, the, the divisional round here for the AFC. So we were in lockstep. So that means that the Browns are going to go to Arrowhead and take on Kansas City, and Tennessee will be on the road at Buffalo. So let's start with that first one, Cleveland at Kansas City. What do you think happens in this one? 
Chiefs in a bloodbath. I like I like I like Cleveland, but man, they're not they would not compete with the Chiefs. I think it would I actually think it would get ugly pretty quickly. I would I'd say something like maybe maybe thirty five to seventeen in favor of Kansas City. I just there's nobody that's gonna at least not out of that matchup that would compete and and I, I don't think it would even be that competitive. So I'd go Kansas City. 35-17. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I, I I will be rooting for Cleveland in this game. Uh, I would too. I genuinely I, would be. Yeah, oh, I, I, so I want them to win, but I agree, man. I just don't think it's going to be close. I mean, how can you keep up with – you can't keep up with them, man. And, and You know what I mean? And, and Cleveland's style is going to be – if they get down, they are fucked because their style is just pounding the rock with Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. And, you know, I, I think they can keep up with a lot of teams, but – Oh man, not the top end of the AFC. I think it's going to be even crazier. I think 42 to 16. So I think they get like three field goals because their drives will stall out. Because the KC defense is actually, you know, it's not bad. Legereus Sneed for a rookie, a fourth round rookie, is actually a really good uh, cornerback. And I just, man, I I don't see a path to victory, to, if I'm being honest, uh, in this game for the Browns. So I, I'll definitely go Kansas City. The, and one one quick thing, the Kansas City defense is decent between the twenties, but inside the twenty, they're terrible. They they're like bottom five in the in the entire league for red zone defense. They they give up touchdowns on like I think it was almost eighty percent of possessions inside the twenty. So if the Browns can find a way to get down inside the twenty, you know, fifteen, ten yard line, they have a good shot to punch it in. But the problem is getting there. That's going to be such an uphill battle. I think the more interesting question with this game would be. If at halftime, if we could start the game at halftime and the Browns were up 24 to nothing, who would you pick? I love games like this. What, what would the I'd pick still pick, I'd pick I'd, I'd still pick the Chiefs, even if at halftime we started the game at halftime and they were down 24 to nothing. I, w- I would actually take Cleveland. I know I know through the playoffs last year, I know what happened. I watched those games. I watched the Texans. What Just because the they can drain the clock there, with, with Chubb? What is, that's the thing. I feel like Cleveland will have success on the ground against Kansas city. And even if they give up a touchdown on every last one of their possessions, the second half, Kansas city might only get the ball three times. Oh, you know, like, I just, I, I just, I feel like Cleveland has the recipe if they get up. And like, like you said, they would have to be up a significant amount. I at least three touchdowns. So 21 points or more. I feel like I'd take Cleveland then, but man, if it's, even if it's 17, I would not feel comfortable. You know, it's just they're, the, the Chiefs are too explosive. 100%. All right. I feel like we're going to be in lockstep again with uh, this one. So we'll have Tennessee at Buffalo. Is there is there any chance that Tennessee can win this game? I, I feel like there is a chance. If I was going percentage, I would say maybe 20% of the time they win. You do, like, you know, you run the game five times. I think they win one time. Maybe they could win too, but I think it's more like, you know, maybe maybe 20% of the time. But I just feel like they have – I think they match up good against some of these teams, uh, especially with the Bills. I think the Titans, if you can keep Josh Allen off the field, you know, you can wear down that defense. Maybe you get a lead. You know, obviously Buffalo is going to be explosive, but Tennessee could win this game. I'm not going to pick them. I think it's going to be Bills. I would say Bills will get theirs. I'm going to say – Maybe I'm gonna say 24 to 14 Bills. Okay, all right. 
I think this game wants to be a shootout. I think it does because I think Buffalo is going to score quick, but I think it's not going to be a shootout because Tennessee can't score quick. So I think Tennessee yeah. will absolutely murder. They will murder the time of possession, which is kind of a meaningless stat because I think they're going to lose this game. Um, I, I do think they match up pretty nicely. I mean, you know, Vrabel's a defensive coach. I mean, but you're essentially playing Kansas City light. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? They're, they're not quite there yep. yet, but they, man, they could put the points on you. Um, but I do think it'll be a ah, 10 points. I, I really like your score, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go 31 17. Um, but I, I think the game plays out a little closer than the score indicates. Maybe Buffalo scores late or something. I, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Tennessee is going to get absolutely rocked in the mouth. Uh, throughout the game, but you know they're going to be they're, they're going to get hit a couple of times. You know what I mean? It's not a flawless yep. performance, so yeah, Buffalo's going to win that one. All right, so then we would have you'd have what would it be? Well, who did you? So it's obviously the at the Packers. And yep, you, so it'd be okay. It would be Saints. It would be mine. Would be Saints at Packers. Yeah. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah. So, what's what's your thoughts on uh, Saints and? Packers? And that will get ugly. I don't want to. I don't want to lie to you. I love how we were doing record predictions, and I was like, the Saints might not go far. And then I, now I have them in the NFC Championship. But I feel like just because of how the bracket worked out, especially with Chicago and how all that stuff worked, I think they kind of got a decent path. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would say, I really don't. I I genuinely don't believe it would be a competitive game. I really don't. I think it would be. God, I think it might be like Packers. Packers 35 Saints like 21 maybe you know I I just I the the Saints offense is going to get theirs so I think they'll have a couple touchdowns against you know some of the weaknesses in the Packer defense specifically in the run game depending on how you know snacks plays but I don't I don't see the Packers offense being slowed down by the Saints I, I really don't and I I think Drew Brees is going to give potential for turnovers there might be a pick maybe a strip sack or a fumble or whatever and the Packers will capitalize on that, so I see them winning this game easily. Yeah, that's just not even competitive. Uh, I would have the Packers winning for all the reasons uh, that you said. Um, so I have Seattle at Green Bay, the the I'll legendary, the legendary matchup. Um, man, I don't know. So I guess I'll start with the score first and kind of work my way back. So <laughs> you're, you're gonna love this score. I'm gonna have. Green Bay winning it 28 to 24. But so it looks like it's a close game, but I think I think maybe Seattle gets down because I could see the 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 Packers getting off to a lead early and Russ is Russ is coming. Russ is cooking. I mean he's yeah. he's chugging his way back, but I just think this year the team's built different differently. I, I think you know the the team the team that Russ had back when they won that was way better than the team that they currently have. And so I think they almost do it. They almost break Reagan Hooverman's little heart. But uh, man, this time fate, that would be so devastating. Fate. Be so- hey, I would be rooting for Seattle, and I I hope they win. But I just think I think Green Bay is too much. I think the score will be close, but I think it's because you know Russ at the end of the game is just you know working his balls off to try to make a comeback. But man, I just I don't know, man. This this defense. Uh, like we've been talking about, there are some blue chip pieces on the defense, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of just, you never heard of the guy, but you know, Chris Barnes, uh, you know, he's leading the defense and uh, yeah, I just, 
I don't know, man. I I want to I want to go with the Seahawks, but I just I I can't I can't do it. Yep. Fair. All right. So that would put Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. And, and then so let's bounce back. It would be Buffalo so have, at Kansas City. What a what a game this would be. I'm gonna do it. Don't I'm do gonna it. do it. Don't do it. Give me Buffalo, baby. Oh Bill's no. Bill's Mafia. Oh, Bill's no. Mafia is going to the chip. <laughs> oh no. I, I I really believe this. Okay. So I might this might be at old takes exposed. If they get to this point. I really think the Bills have the best chance of beating the Chiefs. I genuinely believe that. The defense, I would take the Bills defense over the Chiefs defense. Not that it's significantly better, but I think it's a little better. And obviously I'd take the Chiefs offense over the Bills offense. But Mahomes over the last, what, five weeks, I think he's like eight touchdowns, five picks, which you can say whatever, he's in coast mode or okay, then whatever. But, man, I – that offense has not been what it was. Obviously, it's still dominant and it's still dynamic, and it's probably the best in the league. But they're having a big break. They've they're going to have basically two weeks off before their first playoff game. I feel like they might start with a little rust. I, the Bills will be hitting on all cylinders if when and if this game happens. And man, I I just want Buffalo. Give me Buffalo. I think it would be old-fashioned shootout. I mean shootout. I'm going to say like like 40 to 37. Bills, baby. Wowee. Um, yeah, I, I really want the Bills to win. I mean, that's such an awesome story. Couldn't happen to a better franchise. You're just playing to your that superior. That's a fun game. Oh, oh that would be – that would be – that might be the game of the year, and I think it will be a classic shootout as well. But – uh, you're just playing to your superior. I mean, you're you're trying to you're trying to win a shootout. And I agree. Yeah, Buffalo's defense is probably better than Kansas City. Um, but man, like to win a shootout against if they win a shootout against the Chiefs, uh, we'll get to it later. But I think you know how that would go if that happens. But obviously, I think it's not going to happen. I think it'll be a shootout. And yeah, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. You know, I don't think it's the end of the world for Patrick Mahomes. But that's you know that's a real thing. Uh, a couple of those, a couple of those interceptions were tips. Um, but I just think, man, like when it matters the most, I mean, when is this guy like not really delivered? I mean, I, I just, I can't see, I, I can't see them winning a shootout. I, I think it'll be close. I think they'll, they'll try very hard. I, I think this will be a matchup we'll see a lot in the future. And I think Buffalo will only get better because free agents want, will want to play there and their young guys are only going to get better. And it's scary to think if, if Josh Allen even improves half as much as he did this year going into year four, Ah, that might be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I'm going to go Kansas City 49-48. I mean, I oh think it's God. I think it's real close. I think it's a a barn burner. It's a barn burner, but I just I Oh my god. Can I don't think they can do it. An AFC championship that would be It'll Oh, I think this will be a I think they, it'll be legendary. I think that would be man, that would be so much fun to watch. So that 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 leaves us Green Bay versus Kansas City and Green Bay versus Buffalo. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I I hate to be the guy who picks both one seeds because I think that's kind of, you know me, I love hot sports takes. But I, I just yep, feel I like, man, I just feel like this is the year, man, where like the one seeds are so much better, especially Green Bay. The gap between them and every other team is ridiculous. 
the gap between KC and Buffalo is probably smaller, but it still exists. But let's start with your example first. Let's go uh, Buffalo at Green Bay, and then I I want record predictions for both from both of us, uh, just because it is the it's the, the the penultimate game of the year. So I would if we're going Super Bowl, baby. It's Buffalo Green Bay meeting in Tampa Bay, and. You know who I have to go with. Yeah. I think I, I genuinely believe this is our last chance. I think this is the Packers' last chance with Aaron Rodgers to get a championship. I also think it's our best chance to win a championship since at least 2014. And we've been in a couple NFC championship games since then. 2016, we got the break speed off us by Atlanta. And then obviously last year, the uh, tough loss to um, – Basically, Walter Payton and the San Francisco 49ers, whoever was in the backfield. Raheem yeah, the, guy who, the guy who was washing cars four months ago. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the guy who was you know, flipping patties three months earlier. But I think I really believe this is the Packers' year. I think this is Aaron's last chance, and I think they're going to come through. So I'm going to say Packers. It's going to be a it's going to be a old it's going to be a Western movie. It's a shootout. I'm going to say 42-38 Green Bay. Mm, okay and, well and that and that's that's how our great dynasty of aaron Rodgers ends <laughs> so he rides off into the sunset i i genuinely believe i wouldn't be i know he said i want to play for a long i want to play for a while i want to play if you want a championship i wouldn't be surprised if you retired that's a really hard that's a really peyton manning didn't retire for like five months after he won because he still thought well we won it this year. Why couldn't we win it next year? That's such a tough thing to yeah, do. Aaron, I, I feel like Aaron's a smart guy, and obviously Peyton Manning's a smart guy. But I think Peyton Manning might get ahead of himself. I think Aaron's more realistic. Like even after, just go back to the press conference after yesterday's game, where like, you know, he just secured the one seed. They're thirteen and three for the second year in a row. He's probably on an emotional high, and he gets asked about, you know, does this change your future in Green Bay? And he was like, Nope. They still drafted my replacement. Wait. That wasn't verbatim, but that's essentially what he said. So I feel like he's got a pretty level head, and and he could see himself being like, you know what, this might be it. Okay, yeah, I could I could buy that. Um, so my version is uh, Kansas City at Green Bay, and uh, I don't know, man. They're going to run into the same problem that uh, the Bills did. I just think everything. Well, not everything. I I, I would give the defense to the Packers, but. I don't know, man. At the most important position, I know this is, is you know an MVP season, but it's a different animal in the playoffs. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers doesn't perform in the playoffs, but it's just I, I see this being a shootout. And again, I just Aaron Rodgers is so good. He is so good. But there's just things that even he can't do that that Patrick Mahomes can do. And that's that's there's only one person he could say that about. So it's it's really hard for me because you know my opinion that quarterbacking 75% of the game. So it's really hard for yep. me in any individual mat- matchup to not pick the better quarterback, especially with teams that make it to the Super Bowl. Cause it's like, well, there's not a, there's not glaring weaknesses for teams that make it to the Super Bowl. These are very well-rounded teams. I mean, the linebacking core for the pat or um, uh, the chiefs is, you know, I don't know. That's that probably is the weakness of the team. But I don't know, man. I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. I have it uh, 31-28 in overtime because I think it'll be very close. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I just have the Chiefs, man. It's it's. I, I like Chandon Sullivan. I like Jair. Uh, you know, we we spent a while talking about him. And, you know, and I I mean what I say. But man, it's 
Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, like, ugh, I don't like anybody against those guys. I wouldn't even like pro bowlers against those guys. It's yep. just, it's a whole nother animal. I'm, it, I'm not saying it's an impossibility that the Packers couldn't win. I think it's a real thing. I, I would say it's a 45% chance they, they would win it. So, you know, not exactly a coin flip, but pretty darn yep. close. Like I think it's, it, I, I would not be shocked in the slightest if the Packers won, but you know, gun to my head, I got to pick a team. I got to go with the chiefs. And I feel like, I think people not necessarily, and this is going to kind of be me giving credit to Kansas city, but also kind of taking away from them. I think people forget about the entire playoffs last year. Like I feel like in people's memory, they think the Chiefs just coasted to the championship. They were down 10 plus points in every playoff game. And I know they won all those games. I know they want to, I get it. I totally understand, but the teams are different this year. And I feel like that's not something they'd get away with. If you go down 17 points against Buffalo, you're not winning. That is a team that is is capable of scoring quickly and scoring often. It's not like they're playing Tennessee again in the AFC Championship game. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's teams this year that match up better with them, and especially if they go down, if Patrick Mahomes struggles for three quarters of the Super Bowl and they're playing Green Bay, they're not down 10 points to the 49ers. They're down 24 points to the Packers at that point. So I just feel like they've gotten away a lot with starting slow. And I, for as great as Patrick Mahomes is and as great as those weapons are, those deficits won't be 10 points and maybe 14 points like they were last year. It might be 28 points against Buffalo or, you know, 24 points against Green Bay. And suddenly it's, it's, it's too late, even with the greatness they have in offense. Yeah, no, that's an entirely valid point. And that is true. If they ever got down, if they ever got down in the, nearing halftime well i don't know that's so much game left but if at any point in the second quarter if they're down by two possessions i would against either of those two teams i would say it's almost as 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 good as over i mean of course weird stuff can happen but i think that's true I'm, yeah I, I just think if they win that well hot sports take if I they would, win I they're not gonna get down yeah i i just think like being down you know 24 against a Houston team that, you know, has a terrible coach and the defense sucks and whatever you can, not that you ever want to be in that spot. Cause obviously you don't, but like you can almost get away with it. You're not getting away with it against Buffalo. You're not getting away with it against green Bay. You might not even get away with it against Tennessee, you know, but you can do it to Houston. You can do it. You know, you can do 10 points in Tennessee. So I just feel like it's a little bit different than last year. No, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All right, so I have Kansas City winning it all. You have the Packers winning it all. Big surprise. Um, I don't know, unless you have anything else. I think that's that's about it. That's all I got for you. Yeah, I think that's it. We went through, what did we just do, like three hours? <laughs> yeah, basically three hours. That's all right. That's fun. Time flies. Hell yeah. The playoffs, we were pretty much in lockstep there for a while. Like we, we're not, We're really not that far off. Yeah, I was afraid that we were going to be completely different. And then, you know, when I make the graphics, I'm going to have to, you know, ugh. get crazy. Yeah, we only disagreed on like th- three, two or three. Yeah, a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's easy. I think it's easy when it's clear cut. And again, we'll see. We're pro- we will probably be wrong on a lot of these picks. But, you know, when it's so clear cut, which teams are contenders and which teams just kind of made the playoffs, kind of makes it easy you know, sitting here on January fourth uh, to you know pontificate on what's going to happen. Yeah, completely agree. 
all right, man. Well, hopefully we can get you on the show at, at some point, uh, you know, with, with smaller inter- intervals than three months. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was fun. And, uh, you know, again, three hours flew by like nothing. Cause you know, that's just what happens when you put the mailman and the hound dog in the same recording studio. I mean, this is just, that's, that's, you know, one of the, one of the laws of thermodynamics. Everybody knows it. Endless content. That's right. And even if we could do upcoming, we could do like wildcard weekend reactions or something like that. Like just maybe a quick hour or something. I think that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing we always say. We got to do this more frequently. It's a and, quick hour and yeah. then it's four hours and then, yeah. Yeah. I think, so I, th- I think, I think we should make a pact that we should do this more often than three months, but let's not do a three hour show every single time we do it. Cause that's, you know, yeah. it's a whole ordeal. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more of a tighter schedule and then more often would be fine. But yeah, yeah. You, you know what? I, I would stuff on the playoffs would be awesome. Hundred percent. You know what we should do? We uh-huh. we we should do a show each week of the playoffs. But it, it would kind of be like TV. Like we set a timer, and like we have until that time, and maybe we'll add five minutes or a couple minutes at the end of the timer just to you know really wrap up in case there was anything super important. But you know, so that way we got to get to you know, there's no fluff. We got to get to what we got to get to. Yeah. All right, man. I'd well, be down with that. That'd be fun. Awesome. Uh, so that's the uh, the end of our uh, regular season recap and playoff preview. So that's uh, Reagan Hooverman. You can follow him on Twitter at SportsFanHoove. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. And you got to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. Reagan checks it every day. We got everything. We got MMA rankings. We got all the shows on there. We got everything. I mean, the main card showdown. We got a tab even for Reagan. Everybody's got their tab. It lets you know their career records against everybody, all their accomplishments. I mean, the, the website's just really coming together, and it's it's just booming. It's absolutely booming. So thanks for tuning in, everybody.